Hello, everybody, and welcome back to season 10 of Sequelizers. This is the penultimate episode of the season. I am your host, Jack Chambers Ward, and joining me, it's Matthew Stogden. Well, we made a deal ages ago. Men, babies, doesn't matter. We're sequelizers. <laughs> That's true. That's accurate. It is. We are men and babies. Yeah. <laughs> we are both men and babies and sequelizers. Yep. I do like milk. <laughs> and speaking of man babies, joining us, it's Tim Matum. And there, in the same city where they met as girls, three sequelizers entered the next phase of their lives dressed head to toe in bad movies. Ooh. Good lord, Tim. Good lord. Well, we've been teasing and hyping up this episode for a while. A lot of foreplay. A lot of foreplay. Appropriately so. A lot of titillation. Last week, obviously, Paul Blart more Cop 2, thanks to one of our executive producers. This week, we've done it to ourselves. Yes. Boys, we've done it to ourselves. We're talking about 2010's Sex and the City 2, the sequel to the film that is the sequel to the show but not the sequel to the show that we have now. <laughs> the sequel to the film of the show. Mm, yep. And it's fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> See but, you next week, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we've been hyping this up a lot. I, we'll get into a lot of it, obviously. We'll be comparing it to last week's Paul Blartmore Cop 2 and the benchmark of terrible sequels in season 10. Yep. As I said last week, the Paul Blart episode was picked by one of our executive producers on patreon.com slash sequelizers. And if you'd like to join the executive producers and the rest of the patrons, you can go to patreon.com slash sequelizers. There you can get early access to episodes. You can get ad-free episodes, exclusive merch. We've got new t-shirts. They're coming soon. I'm wearing Ooh. one right now. We're having exclusive patron t-shirts, a variant, if you will, like the comic books and the whatnots, coming out very soon as well. And if you go to the highest of the tiers, not only do you get, well, if you go to the higher of the tiers, you will get the exclusive merch. You get bonus content. We did a fucking commentary for Sex and the City 2. Yeah. My first viewing of the movie. <laughs> so if, if you've never seen it before, you can like live my pain share along it. with me. Yeah. It's like shared painful experience. There's a one moment which is beautiful where Jack is obviously taking the piss and Tim stops you and says, Jack, pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> it's a legit moment. I think I'm talking to both of you and I'm looking, which is the yeah. other direction from yeah, the TV. Yeah. And yeah. It's like, oh yeah, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, no, no. You need to see this bit. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. Yeah. All three of us watch that together. It's fucking terrible. And you can join us for all two hours and 25 minutes of that. I mean, that. It, it's a film that's so awful that I don't think we actually talked about every awful thing in oh, it in the not. commentary. Because no time. it's such it's so jam-packed with awful things for all two and a half hours of its run so time. long we we don't act, you could literally listen to it without watching the film because we don't stay quiet at all there's no period like oh a commentary must be probably like 10 minutes of silence every now and again nope we're just talking well, we throughout better, we better stop be quiet and watch this in, integral moment of the plot or whatever that doesn't exist in no. that movie so yeah you will get outtakes as well you'll find out which one of us are different members of the Sex and the City crew. Who's a Carrie? Who's a Samantha? Who's a Charlotte? Who's a Miranda? The results are disappointing. Extraordinarily. <laughs> Matt is very upset, as are me and Tim. Don't fucking look at me. <laughs> but you can get all of that on Patreon. And if you go to the highest of the tiers, like these fine folks have done, you can become an executive producer. Uh, Sex in the City 2, you might have seen the posters. You might be wondering whether Mark's going to like it. Philip Morgan. And I should say right at the beginning of this, you're not going to get a rant about this. Hyper Dude Man. 
Uh, and I was I spent quite a lot of time in the last week trying to figure out exactly what it is that is so ghastly and putrid and vomit inducing about Sex and the City too. Stuart Main. Basically, it's its entire portrayal of female liberation is the right to buy expensive shoes. Marcus Lindstrom. First, why do I care about this character? This is a character who has so much money, so much wealth, that actually having two apartments, she's still, oh, God, so hard, so difficult. Oh, I'm having problems with my relationship. Jonathan Firth-Clark. There's a moment of self-reflexiveness in which he says, oh, what on earth do people who don't have help do? Nod to the screen. The rest of us going, oh, the serfs. You know, if we were in a Sex and the City movie, we'd be the help. Zenos. Ends up throwing condoms at these people, saying, you know, I'm a woman. I have sex. This is meant to be the great liberating. Image. In fact, the main message of the woman is, I'm a woman. I, have, I buy shoes. Josh Miles. So essentially, the message of the film is this. Feel sympathy for people who are disgustingly wealthy and so disgustingly wealthy that they not only don't notice having a spare apartment, not only don't notice losing the income from a job. Josh van der Sluis. Not only don't notice that one of the people that they're employing is so poor that he can only go, afford to go and see his wife once every three months. Not only that, but are also imperialist American pig dogs of the highest order when it comes to become a Maoist. imperialism. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I tell you, it's, a, it's one of those things you, 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 you just go... This is a satire, right? And James McDowell. Well, you have gone. You did it's say revolting. I'm not going to rant. You it's did say <laughs> I am not going to rant, and it's that was about ten minutes just, ago. It is consumerist pornography. It is an orgy of dripping, you know, dr just dripping wealth that made me want to be sick. Thank you for support, executive producers. Even if you pick a terrible fucking movies for us to discuss, we end up hurting ourselves and picking we terrible do. movies we by do. ourselves anyway. So, yeah. I guess we're gluttons for punishment in many different ways. <laughs> you do make this possible. We've got the interseason coming up, like I said, in a couple of weeks. It's imminent. It is imminent. We've got the finale, which is going to be big, scary, imminent. Imminent. <laughs> so, yes, thank you for your support. Everyone on patreon.com slash sequelizers. You make these seasons possible. You make the other seasons possible. And sorry that we now have to talk about this film. <laughs> we should say right from the outset that some people be a little bit wincing or cringing and thinking, oh, three straight white dudes talking about sex in the city. Obviously, for a lot of people, the show especially holds a place of reverence and uh, nostalgic memory, and it's very important, et cetera, et cetera. And it did push a lot of envelopes and open a lot of doors and was mm. very interesting and a very pivotal and important series for many people for many reasons. Mm -hmm. We're still going to critique it. Yeah. And the films are shit. And the thing is, and this is the key point here, uh, which we'll come back to, the cast and crew are the same on the series and both films, and it would be amazing to mistakenly believe that wasn't the case. Yeah, that's, because, that's often a fix we hit yeah. with sequelizers, right? And we touched on this in the commentary as well. It's hard to believe it's the same people. And so often you get, you either go one of two ways, like, oh, they're still trying to do this, maybe they should pass it on to the next generation of filmmakers or whatever Indiana it is, Jones. or to try and do something different. Indiana Jones being the perfect example. Billbug should not have done Crystal Skull, for example. Or you have it the other way, where it gets passed off, and then you're like, oh, nobody else could really handle this. That's a terrible idea. And you bring back the original creators or the original directors or whatever it is as part of the fix. We have uh, neither of those. Like, yeah, it's a weird one. Yeah, it's a weird one, because the series, I know, has its ups and downs and stuff. But like you said, it is pretty well regarded especially by yes. people of the, who watched it at the time and all that kind of stuff i know my wife really loved the show and has seen every episode and all that sure kind of stuff. sure but like me coming into it i've seen uh 
only uh, coming into it. As Thank you. Would say. Would say, yeah, if you're going to do that, you have to go with me coming into it. <laughs> you have to lean into this show. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, carry on. I've only seen the two films. I've only seen the two. No, no, no. <laughs> Every single line is just delivered like Kim Cattrall. Pretty much. Yeah. But yeah, it's a weird thing for me because I watched the first film about a week ago with Emma, funny enough. And one of the few times I can actually convince her to watch a sequelizers related film with me. And she was like, do you know if you've seen this before? I was like, I don't think so. I don't know why I would have done. As far as I know, I've never seen an episode of the show consciously. It's probably been on the TV at some point and I've seen a handful Clips of episodes bits. here and there. Yeah. It was iconic pop culture for the last like 20 years or whatever. So it's, it's going to be in there somewhere. But I'd never consciously sat down and gone like, yeah, I'm going to watch Sex in the City, you know. Mm. Somehow... I had seen the first movie <laughs> and with every progressive scene, yeah. I was like, is this the bit with the wedding when he shows up in the car and then drives off and they cross over and then there's like the slow-mo thing with the, hold on, is this the bit they go to like a fashion show? Is this the, is this the scene? And I'm like, I've seen this whole fucking movie and I remember it for some reason. I had assumed this was like 10 different episodes of TV. Mm. Because that's what that movie feels like. <laughs> Pretty much. It's a season of TV crammed yeah. into like two hours. I mean, I, I think that's the thing that does show that it's the same people working on the show and the films is that the films just feel like the first one feels like a season of the TV show crammed into a film's running time. Yep. And then the second one feels like half a season and then they go on holiday. Yep. Um, and none of them feel. Neither of them feel cinematic in scope. Uh, neither of them feel like they're a proper... Like, the, 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 the plots in them are so, like, bitty and scattered. It's, if you were like... After wrapping up Series 6, what's the big story you have to tell next? Oh, wedding, sure. Mm. Yeah, but is there anything else here? Because that feels kind of obvious. Yeah. And then the same thing with the sequel, which we'll get to later when we get to the synopses, but... um. If you had one chance to tell one story that was the, you know, that, that was the big next point of their life, this is it. This is all you have to offer. Mm. Then don't fucking write it. That's yeah. that's the that's the logical conclusion. Yeah. So in in yeah. contrast to Jack, yeah, Matt and I had seen it's obviously before the commentary. Uh, Matt, because mm. Matt watches everything, had seen both of the films, and I, who am fixing it, had seen both of the films. Mm -hmm. I'd also watched. I think most of season six of the TV show and... It seems so... Out Not knowing how the show works, yeah. that seems like such a weird statement to me. Um, and bits and pieces elsewhere, especially I watched a few more episodes in preparation for this just to get right. yeah. more of the tone of the show and stuff like that. Mm. And Matt, you'd watched... I've seen everything. Yeah. Um, very brief overview. Um, one of my exes is an American um, and I would go over to America for long periods of time and... One thing we did was to she, she really enjoyed Sex and the City, and, and you had Sex and the City, Sex and the City. Um, no, I, I, I was like, uh, I did the typical, like, you know, late teens, early twenties, like, ah, mm. shit, I don't want to watch it. Mm. And then it was like, no, it's a good show, it's well written, it's really clever. I'm like, ah, oh, fine, I will be a better person because <laughs> uh, I was a piece of shit back then too. Um, and I'll watch this show with you. And then I started enjoying it. I was like, no, fair play. Mm. And, I got to, and I watched the whole fucking thing. And then by the end of it, I could unequivocally say, yeah, it's fine. It's yeah. clearly not aimed directly at me, but I don't have yeah, to have yeah, everything yeah. fucking aimed at me. That's not how television or stories work. Yeah, I can yeah. empathize for fuck's sake. Um, and it was interesting. And a lot of it was well shot. I thought there was so many, as we will get to, so many character developments where they're like, we want to generate 
conflict for no reason. Mm. So we'll have these huge U-turns for characters that are totally, completely out of sync. Like, yeah. That doesn't make any fucking and the, sense. And the films are especially guilty They're the of worst that, example Because they're like... Because it's in fast motion, right? Exactly. Precisely. Into, yeah. And you then get watch... a year's worth of character development or like a relationship yeah. will break up and then go back together and then break up again. You're like, yeah. That happened 40 minutes ago. What the fuck is going <laughs> yeah. on? Yeah, because when I broke up, well, we broke up with that with that uh, relationship. I ended up watching it literally a couple, six months later, the first Sex and City film came out. Um, and then 2010, I watched the second one and I remember watching that film and thinking, you know what? I remember the show being all right. This first film was flat, but whatever. And the second film I went to the cinema and thought, this might be one of the worst films ever made. Mm-hmm. And that sounds like such an exaggeration, but it's like potential, cast, everything is the same. The fan base is angry. Everyone's angry. Nobody likes this. Who the fuck is this for? Like we said, it was hyped up by so many people. My wife included, you two included, as like, you think Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 is bad? Just you fucking wait. We've got, and we didn't know this at the time, the listeners didn't know this at the time, but Sex and the City 2 is right around the corner. <laughs> it was lurking. Just a... a Double bill of terribleness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two of the worst sequels we've ever done. There's, I would maybe argue there's a top three that is Son of the Mask, Paul Blart Mall Cop 2, and Sex in the City 2. Absolutely. That's a pretty, pretty solid worst sequels of all time top three. Very true. I would also say there is a caveat, because I kind of knew this going into, this, into the, into the um, commentary recording. There was a possibility Jack would turn around and say, I mean, it's bad, but it's not Paul Blart too bad. Which, spoilers. Almost effectively said. You I, I, was worse. I hate Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 more. Yeah. Now I have seen that film twice, bear in mind. That's very mm. true. The caveat was... <laughs> it's my own fault. Oh, man, we should have seen if uh, Dark Side of the Moon syncs up with Sex in the City. Christ. There's a bonus commentary right there. <laughs> yeah. That we're not doing. No. Um, we'll have that as our uh, a million yeah. a month goal on List- Patreon. <laughs> Listeners, you do it and just let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you do it, and then send us the hate mail saying, why'd you make me do this? I don't make you do anything. There are anything. a few people on the Discord that are crazy enough to do that. That's actually yeah. very true. We don't have to, even just suggest saying it out loud, we don't have to suggest it. They're already there thinking, you know what, I'm going to try it. Um, but what I was going to say was, there's a caveat, because... Would it be to- called Dark at the Moon, or Sex Side of the City? Like, <laughs> I don't know. God damn. Um, no, it's The Wall. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's what you have to sync it up to. <laughs> we just sync it up to different albums. The watching vulva. that film on repeat, basically doing the worst idea ever thing, yeah. but with yes. a different album each time yeah. and trying to. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> no. Um, no, the caveat is if you don't know or have very little attachment to Sex and the City, it's just a bad film. If you like the characters or have any sort of development of how they've got to where they are now, it's fucking atrocious. That is, that is true. I don't have much context at the background. all to be honest like mm. yeah I'm aware of like the vague roles of the four central characters I had no idea Aiden existed until he showed up I was like oh there's a previous boyfriend I guess mm-hmm. I don't know. I, he's not a well known actor having never seen the show I have no idea who this guy is I'm like whatever mm-hmm. they could have a bunch of references to other things that I'm com- completely going over my head I disagree with you though oh. because it's like objectively offensive and bad. Oh, th- it it's is. Not, it's not just bad and then worse if you're a fan of the show. It's fucking awful. Yeah, and even more fucking awful. Yes, yeah. that, that's like, fair. Maybe, maybe we're on, we're on another level of like. Mm. You, you're totally right. You you do get that experience, and I know without naming names, somebody in the Discord messaged me and was like, "My partner doesn't think that film is terrible." Ah, Himmler. <laughs> <laughs> it was Goebbels, <laughs> but no. I'm so sorry for the comparison there, Taylor. 
But there's like, I'm sure there are plenty of people, and I saw it in the YouTube comments as I played clips to my wife last mm-hmm. night. I was like, because by the way, we recorded the commentary yesterday, we recorded the episode today. It's yeah. back to back, it's fresh mm-hmm. in our minds, so expect proper vitriol. <laughs> and it was this weird moment where she was like, oh yeah, I really hated this bit. And I was like, oh, but do you, do you remember this bit? What? Like, yeah, yeah, that's a thing. Do you remember when the character says this thing and it's really racist? You're like, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> let me let hold on. This is like midnight last night <laughs> in bed. Let me but share my displeasure with pretty you. Pretty much. And Emma was like, oh no, that, oh, it's fine. It's fine. You don't have to. I did a map. Like, no, no, you don't. You don't have to slash a Mister Big. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. I don't like the comparison. Times. <laughs> Fucking hell. It's a very thin line. God damn it. Uh, and I was playing Emma clips, which we'll get into in the synopses. And we've got a special synopses, by yeah. the way. Yeah, we do. Mr. Big over there has got something very big for us. It's my penis. <laughs> I'm a go. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like this moment where it really like solidified how objectively bad the film is. Because mm. Emma had had the thought of like, I think she was on that level of like, oh, it's shit. Mm. But then I reminded her, it's next level bad. It is if you ha- if you're even vaguely aware of like cultural differences and sensitivities yeah. and stuff. How humans it, interact. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, there's plenty of people who don't care about that stuff. Mm. Sure. Who sure, don't sure. care about other people's cultures and wouldn't find that shit offensive. That probably watch that and go, huh, funny. Oh, look, there's people in the Middle East. Women are treated differently in the Middle East. I don't care. Whereas me coming, bleeding heart liberal that I am, I worked with a bunch of Middle Eastern people, including Middle Eastern women, for years and years as part of my career in the English language industry. So I, I know more about that culture than I would do if I hadn't have done that. So I like knowing little bits of mm. Middle Eastern cultures and diff- how they work and different things. And like, mm-hmm. I did one day of filming at, well, no, a couple of days, sorry, three days of filming at the, the, press, the school in question. Yeah. And it was very much a case of like, there'll be students female students who will literally hide from the camera. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, because like, like, they're for the Middle East, right? And I think that's yeah. the, like, literally, there's a whole uh, thing in general about it, about the idea of being recorded and being filmed. And more importantly, mm. because they're women learning, it's a whole thing. I'm like, yeah, I respect that entirely. I will do my best. If yeah. there's a person, I will blow the face out. If it don't, I'll put it in the background. I'll crop it where it happens to be. Because again, you say it's a sensitivity yeah. and being yeah. aware of these things. But I think so many people aren't like that. I, th- I no. wonder how many people have taken Sex and the City 2 at face value of like, I mean, it's bad, but it's not that bad. And not seventy percent, re- and not really thought about how terrible and like badly made. And yeah. to, to tie it back to Paul Blart Mall Cop Two very briefly, the whole basically it's propaganda for Abu Dhabi, <laughs> sort of, and then it turns weird, and it's like, oh, it's the paradise, and blah blah blah, and then you're like, but you're talking shit about a lot of it. This is a weird. Which they kind of do with the, as you touched mm. on Tim, like the Vegas hotel in Paul Blart too. It's like that hotel room is shit. Yeah. Sp- he, this is a whole tax break. Twenty two thousand dollars a night for this? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's this is this whole from thing. New York. <laughs> it's this weird thing where like it's got this horrible, like gross capitalist undertone to it as well. Again, me being the mm. bleeding hot liberal, I'm like, ugh, gross. That's just. just there's so many things that just culminate to make it feel icky and shit to me. It's just, it was as bad as everyone hyped it to be for me. I think I think that's a, the, the reason that it pairs so well with Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 oh. uh, in, in that sense is that... What both, an insult. What a sentence. Both of them are films that are 
awful on so many levels. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. like from a storytelling point of view, they are both failures. From a acting and performance point of view, they are both just lazy to the extreme. From a uh like cultural sensitivity or kind of any kind of you know awareness, uh, awareness, awareness of yeah. stuff. Yeah. They're terrible. They are, like you say, so brazenly like capitalist in their like product placement and mm. their the you know the, the that fucking book. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> we'll get to that. I know I keep saying that. I've tried not to say it too much more. But good lord. Yeah. Suzanne Summers. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. Person I've never fucking heard of. Because why would I? But it's also a deeply unerotic movie. God, <laughs> I just, it's just, it's just reflective of this. Sex in the City Two ain't that horny. I mean, I know there's lots of like, you know, f- filleting fucking hookah pipes and shit like oh, that. Yeah. And, and walking, walking around uh, Abu Dhabi restaurants with a stiffy. Yeah. But most of it is. There's not a lot of hookah filleting. There's one eight seconds. Of that's it. true. That's true. You made it sound yeah. like there's a whole scene. No, it's a, like, that's it's a very one... valid point. Yeah. Yeah. That, there's actually, a, it's, it's surprisingly chaste, especially considering that at one point they go away. For it's been two nights. We'll, we'll get into this. Like, they spend two nights apart. This is Carrie and Big, and they come back and have the most amazing night. But you don't see or hear anything. It just fades to black, and then comes up and says, "Hey, I had a great night." Mm. Like, that is. Did you? But then, is... then, then, I'm trying to remember. I feel like Carrie has. Always, you never see Carrie right. Yeah, no. you never see. Yeah, it's the other women who tend to yeah. like. You actually see. Yes. In. It's because she's a shitty writer who writes about her friends. Yeah. And talks about herself in very romantic terms. Yeah. Fucking carry. Yeah. Yeah, it's that thing as well where, like, you get the. Yeah, there's this weird, like, neoconservatism to it as well, where it's all this, like, oh, we talk shit about the women in the Middle East. And then, like you said, like, Carrie walks in and it's like, and it was an amazing night. And they kiss, like, middle aged couple. (laughs) And then it fades to black. And you're like, okay. And they wake up wearing pajamas from the 20s. You're like, what is this? What era is this set in? It's it's on one level it's trying to be this like idea of these like very liberated women and they're gonna go in and show, you know, the, the these backwards Middle Eastern places, you know, the women in them, what they've been missing. Yeah. And it's just it's so blundering in its approach to anything that is at all under the broad label of like political mm-hmm. or meaningful, I guess. Um it has nothing really to say, and when it does, it fails. Yeah, uh, and it tr- it tries to grapple with things that it is in no way capable of grappling with. Because yes. Sex and the City was very progressive at its time, the series. Yeah, but it was progressive in a very specific way, which was yep. rich, let's show women having feminism. It, <laughs> let's show wi- women having very frank conversations about sex, but they also they exist in this very privileged bubble of wealthy white New York women who have very complex social lives in the, yes. in the and they exist in this kind of bubble of New York uh wealth mm. like they they even in the pilot episode uh Carrie is talking about like this this story of this it starts off with this like story of this typical you know story from of New York of like someone coming to uh, live in town and then they they meet this great guy at a gallery opening, and it's like this is not a universal experience. Gallery opening, like that is that is not where most people are meeting their partners. 
you are already speaking about a very specific sphere and level of kind of society the the kind of people who are referred to as quote unquote society like you precisely know. it's it's mm. pure aspirational fantasy yeah of but but with enough relatable getting by shit yeah none of them are ever really going to be made redundant or homeless even though there are lots of plot points about them losing jobs and oh my god I'm, i might lose my apartment or my building's up for tenure or no jobs up for tenure my building's up for some sort of like fucking whatever it is that yeah. it's called escrow or some shit it, it touches on those yeah. things but but they're never a threat no when someone loses a job they don't go what the fuck am i gonna do yeah it's like ah that solves the problem for a little and, while and like that's the nature of the show and that's absolutely fine and it, the the things that it is good at it's very good at it is these films especially the second film try and push it into this world that it's just not prepared to and does not have the nuance or the intelligence to talk about and so and then you have the stuff that it was good at which is the kind of like bawdy fun witty discussions of sex like clashing up against this stuff of like oh yeah it's really difficult the you know the complex like job market in the middle east where you have people coming in to service these you know uh cities that are financed by sheikhs and they're 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 brought in from all over the middle east and mm -hmm. and and like south asia and stuff like that and you know it's this really complex web of trade and migration and all this stuff and it's like you are not you are not remotely qualified to talk mm. about this, Carrie. You, yeah. Your columns are about, man, doesn't it suck when you go to the gym and the, the guys hit on you, but they're not good looking. It's never the good looking guys. And the gym guys, they're all too aggressive. One of Carrie's articles is about how she went to a friend's party. And I believe there were kids there. And she was told because it was a, a no, 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 kid's party. I think it's just been a house party. Because it was a new house party, she had to take her shoes off. Like, but these are Manola Blancs. And I was like, yeah. But you have to take them off. Mm. And she did take them off. And then someone basically nicked them or something happened. Yes. She lost the shoes. I think basically. it was like a, it a was kid like, dropping the shoes. It was like a kid's birthday party. So she brought a gift and she had to take her shoes off. And like the kid, one of the kids ruins the shoes. Yeah. And she goes on a rant about how she spent all this money on wedding presents and christening presents and presents for friends' children. Yes. And she but, gets nothing. But as she, as a single woman, gets nothing yeah. and it's like and the friend apologized by buying her some like ridiculous fifteen thousand dollars shoes or something yeah. stupid and she's like and i got it yeah it's, it's, she basically every every one of her columns or articles is a am i the asshole on reddit yeah except she's quite <laughs> happy to say i'm not an asshole yes. everyone's like you are a monstrous <laughs> asshole none of the sex and the city women think they are the asshole but and yet they they're all pretty fucking yeah. bad i mean the thing is and that's not just bashing women in general just these characters are written badly at times for the point mm. of creating conflict in a show. Sometimes yeah. they're like really wholesome, amazing human beings, except Carrie and Charlotte. Um, and then they sometimes are sometimes Miranda and Samantha are okay. Is that's all I'm saying. That. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and other times you give them like a fucking curveball and they have to do something where you think, why? What? That's so out of character. Why? They, they, they work well within the sphere that they operate in. And even then, sometimes they are bad people. But that's what you want for drama and comedy. Of you course, know, of et course. Et cetera, et cetera. There's nothing wrong with having flawed people and bad people in the yeah. centre of stories. You don't want necessarily want these like clean cut, super mega, like not oh, reliable things, blah blah blah. Because like you said, Tim, that yeah. doesn't often lead to conflict yeah. unless you get like some cartoon villain and if we're portraying in a somewhat realistic version mm. of New York, then that seems kind of redundant. But so I was interested in something we touched on in the outtakes because like I said, me going in with no experience of the show and stuff. Yes. And I asked you two, who have 
seen more episodes and stuff than I have, some highlights and stuff like that. Yeah. And you were picking out moments and like genuine, like um, we, we touched on Samantha's cancer and her like journey with that and stuff like that. And that empowering moment. Yes. There's some really great stuff in there that these films could do and could build upon. And you could use that extra long runtime to tell a really interesting story and not have it like feel like an entire season of a show smushed into fucking two hours. Mm. It could mm-hmm. tell one main conflict. And as we were watching it, you two were like, so that's her conflict. And <laughs> it's resolved in three, two. There you go. That's resolved. They move yeah. on. Like, Wait, what? She's now yeah. a mouthpiece for jokes. Yeah. yeah. What? But <laughs> when there was comes... there was interesting conflict that could have been character yeah. development. It's like, nope, done. When it oh, comes okay. to this sort of syndicated TV, you end up with the main story that you think you really want to get into, and the stuff that you actually remember as the monster of the week, basically. <laughs> and a film like this, the first thing you lose is all the monster of the week filler stuff. That there's actually the things you end up highlighting. Yeah, and you're like, what's Carrie's main story? And you realize actually, Carrie's main story is always fucking boring. Mm. It's the clothesline to hang things on. It's not actually the interesting garments as it were yeah yeah i mean i think like sex in the city 2 for people who have not watched it and have not watched sex in the city and and, and are struggling for a comparison point here it is the idea of taking a show like say like community or something and uh oh it's had its six seasons it comes it comes back for a movie six seasons in a movie yeah Yay. the movie's coming what's the movie about uh it's about the migrant crisis on the american uh, southern border <laughs> it's like what jeff goes <laughs> to solve the migrant crisis yeah tonight. Yeah. Is John McHale the right person? Is, yeah. he, is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, I like these characters, but that that is not a situation they should be wading and into. Like, and Arbed gets deported. Like, yeah. wait, what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> Shouldn't oh, no, it be he's like, back. The school, what the fuck? The school's getting shut down, like a big story that they have to do something of, or, or, or whereas two schools being merged or something mm. like that. Nah, 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 nah. It comes down to the fact that Arbed has been accused of a crime he didn't commit. Yeah. yeah. And he thinks it's like the A team, mm. and you're like, okay, that sounds like the character. But what happens then? Then he gets shipped to Guantanamo Bay. Mm. Yeah, no, I don't think that's that doesn't yeah. th- th- no. Man, you like Guantanamo that's, Bay. that's that's quite a tonal shift. So you like, I guess I suppose if you've got the whole course of a film, you could make that that quite. Uh, you could uh, you, I suppose you could do it kind of elegantly. Oh no, we're going to do it in half the runtime of the film. The other half is basically going to be like the regular series. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fucking hell. Should, should we get into some synopses? Yes. Uh, Matt, yes. Matt's cooked up quite the synopses for us. So Shit's brief. If, like me, you are unfamiliar with the TV show's films, all of it, Matt's got yeah. all of it covered. Up, up to Sex and City 2, yes. we're not venturing into uh, And Just Like That, which is its ho- a whole other pile of problematic it is it is a continuation of what they did in the films which is yeah hey we're not we're not qualified to talk about this so let's talk about it yep right so which is which is which is podcasters we're very familiar with (laughs) what how dare you tim valid three white men on a podcast (laughs) talking about stuff we don't know about i will say for those who are listening uh who have seen the series respectfully oh okay obviously i'm going to miss out so many important (laughs) plot points Obviously, I don't care. Mm. That's not, in fact, the point. It's a very rough overview. So when we get to the first and second films, it's the these are the things that sort of factor you, you into. You know it. who the characters are, pretty much. I still don't know who Aiden is, and I've seen both movies. We're gonna teach you, sort of. Sex and the City, season one. Oh no, nineteen ninety eight. Oh wow. Uh, I've just moved to Norwich. 
Is that how it's done? <laughs> I've just moved to Norwich. Yeah, I talked to the camera. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're introduced to four single female friends. Carrie Bradshaw, a newspaper columnist. Uh, Miranda, a no-nonsense lawyer. Charlotte, a prim, overachieving art gallery worker. And Sam, a confident PR businesswoman. They all, they all basically have the same job for like 15 years. Yeah. yeah. I had assumed they'd like grown into those roles or whatever. And it's like, nope. I mean, nah. Charlotte leaves her job and never really goes back. She just becomes a mum. Uh. Yeah, kind of. Uh, all of whom live in New York. Uh, New York City specifically, sorry. Manhattan specifically. Thank you. Yeah, sorry. They refuse to be like, you know, at one point they moved to, someone moves to Brooklyn. And like, Miranda yeah, moves to Brooklyn and it's our whole thing. Oh, yeah. God. It's so different. It's so weird. It's like, be grateful you have a place. Um, Carrie meets a guy called Mr. Big and they have loose encounters, but it isn't really a relationship. And the season ends with Carrie breaking off whatever this relationship was. She cries about it for a week. Carrie also has a gay friend named Stanford Blatch. I had no idea Mr. Big was a season one thing. He's, he's, a, an he's episode, episode one thing. Wow, really? Yeah. Fucking hell. She looks at him and goes, oh. Oh, he's old, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> he's a average looking dude. Why is this TV so loud? We know exactly why. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a really derogatory, flippant way of describing season one. Guess what? It's not. It's accurate. Yep. Yep. Sex in the City, season two, 1999. While Carrie gets over big, the friends do 90s stuff like buy places, get a dog, and have sex with a guy whose dick is too small. We've all been there. It's 90s. Yeah. They Ca- also panic about Y2K. They do. No, they don't. Uh, they don't care about that shit. No, That's not relevant. Which you think Carrie should because she has a computer uh, and writes <laughs> for a living. But Carrie gets back with big, but only briefly, as she also dates other guys and big is engaged to a 26-year-old model. I'm not asking questions, but we'll be here all day. You're about. frowning so much and you're right too because I'm also like... Sh- it- 20-odd episodes per season, whatever it is. And maybe were, they, were they that long? No, I thought they were short. Like 12, 10 or 13, yeah. but it felt like 20. Point, point is... It's HBO, they're shorter. Than, yeah. they're, not, they're not the full American season. It's not, no, no, no. Episode seasons, the, the point is that... Christ. Um, introducing Big in episode one is like, well, we know they can't be together because that's the end of the show. We'll get to that in 14 years. I yeah, guess. exactly. So subsequently, she has to just flirt about with other guys, which is fine because that's, that's the whole point of the show. You can do that. It's like, yeah, sure. The problem is I won't care about any of them. Uh, so they were, season one was 12 episodes, yeah. three to four, uh, sorry, two to four were 18. There you go. There season you go. five was only eight, which I guess might have been right to strike, yeah, maybe. Yeah, around that sort of area. Yeah. Like it. And yeah. then season six was 20 episodes. Wow. It was extra long because they were wrapping up the show, basically. Yeah. They could have cut that fucker down. But anyway, <laughs> so 26-year-old model is who's big dating now. and they're, oh, Sorry, not dating, engaged to. Mm. Uh, Miranda meets a barman named Steve. Who seems nice, but she's been burned too many times. So she doesn't want to settle down with Steve. She's like, no, I can't do it. And he's like, yeah. I'm just a guy. I go out the door now. Goodbye. New York. New York. <laughs> Sex and the City, season three, the year 2000. That Y2K thing was all right. Um, <laughs> Big is set to get married, but Carrie meets Aiden. Oh, there he is. A furniture designer. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. He's a rustic boy, next, not, not the city yeah. boy. Because, you know, when you're over the, the stockbroker dude, you get the cowboy dude. Mm. That's, that's two options for America, apparently. Mm. Miranda is back and forth with a relationship with Steve. Charlotte gets married to a guy named Trey, but their sex life is abysmal, so they split up. Yeah. That's Carl McLaughlin. That's Carl McLaughlin, yeah. Mm-hmm. Carrie cheats on Aiden with Big. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. Mm. They don't bring that up in the fucking movie. They do not. <laughs> and then that's... she cheats on Big, not spoilers, for the second movie. Fuck it, Carrie's a piece of shit. Oh, wow. Taxi, isn't that? You're getting it. Yeah, so... I mean, she's also been essentially... So Big is engaged and still sleeping with her at certain points. Oh, God. Yeah. Yep. 
Oh, fucking hell. Yep. Uh, Charlotte has a gay friend named Anthony Marantino. Count them. Two gay characters so far. He's just been... He's, he's, he, I think he's been like alluded to before, but now he's fully here. Mm, remember that. Yes. Next <laughs> season be it becomes incredibly important, important later yeah. on for some reason. Carrie tells Aiden that she cheated on with Big, and he says he can't handle it. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Fair play to you, Aiden. I guess. Old carpet boy. Well, <laughs> Sex and City season four, 2001. Carrie turns 35. I needed to point that out because I'm now 38. And I'm like, oh yeah. But then I remember I was a trashy person. I was a piece of shit. So my life has been, in fact, probably weirder than Carrie's. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. I've been a lot We of knew you when you were 35. That's <laughs> during sequelizing. Yeah, I mean, when I was 25, I was really right, shitty. Right, 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 yeah. right, right. Yeah. You made that sound like I was a trashy piece of shit. Yeah, two and a half point. years ago. Matt, Matt re- also cheated on the uh, furniture making cowboy that he met. Yes. Ah, with your wife. Classically. Eventually, um, no, eventually no. became your no, wife. It's, it's more the idea that really... I, I am so very settled down by comparison to all the Sex in the City women, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Mm. And I'm like, oh, okay, interesting. I wouldn't have thought that, but there we I'm go. 31 and married. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Anyway, she turns 35 and no one turns up. So she thing. has all these best friends no, or whatever. No, I don't know. Okay. Uh, Miranda and Steve are not together. What? Don't worry about it. <laughs> They're very on again and off again the right. whole time. Yep. Charlotte tries to deal with Trey's issues. Big continues his, to his weird, creepy, his, his, his sexual preferences being that I can't remember what it is now, but it's something like he, God, it's like he's it's some oh. weird Twin Peaks. Is he wear like actually. a nappy or something? Something. <laughs> he's got a very weird relationship with his mother. His mother whose name is it? like yeah. Bitsy or something. Uh, and it's, it's gotten very Twin Peaks. Or yeah. Anyway. Big continues to cheat on his fiance with Carrie. Yep. Samantha has a lesbian partner for a while. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Again, progressive at the time or whatever. It like... was, but it's also, but they also gave it to Samantha because like, well, of course they give it yes. to the whore. And it's like, oh <laughs> no. Yeah. It Sam- was the whole, Samantha yeah. describes herself as a trisexual, as in she'll try anything once. Which is admirable to a degree. Anyway, Carrie reunites with Aiden. What? Yep. She's mostly just telling Jack this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, listeners. There's more a recap for to, me. To be fair, I, I, I have I've stored so much social gossip over the year from multiple year over the years from multiple friendships. I like reveal things like, and then this happened. Like what? <laughs> so this is my my real life sort of thing. Right. I imagine you're just telling me about your friends. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, which is what the kind of gossipy in Sex and City vibe is. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte and Carrie try to set up Stanford and Anthony. It does not go well. The two are not compatible, and both leads are told off for get setting up their only gay friends solely on the grounds that they are gay. But it works ten years later. <laughs> Fucking don't. Yeah. Eventually um, it works. Yeah. Yeah. Because they kiss at a party seven years later and then get married fuck nine off. years later. Absolutely fuck off. Aiden and Big get into a fight. Spoiler alert. As in Aiden and Big get into a sort of fist fight. It's very Bridget Jones diary. I was just about to say I'm imagining Bridget, Bridget Jones. Jones. American Bridget Jones. I think they're out in the countryside and like painting a fence or some shit and like push each other around. It's it's bollocks. Sounds awful. Steve gets testicular cancer. (laughs) What? Poor old Steve. Yeah. It's it's just my balls. Awkward Jew boy. I can relate to him. (laughs) New York balls. New York. (laughs) I do. I do. I can't wipe. (laughs) I kind of imagine. I see Mo from (laughs) this. I'm just picturing of him as a Pokemon who can only say his own name. It's like Steve Brady. <laughs> Steve Brady. Steve Brady. Steve Brady. Miranda. Oh, he says Miranda sometimes. Miranda. Okay. Miranda gets pregnant. Oh. Because the other bollock. <laughs> oh, the one remaining very potent <laughs> Yeah. Super Steve. Um, <laughs> Charlotte learns she can't get pregnant. I did know that. Yes. Because she adopts an Asian kid. Yes. Yeah. 
Aiden proposes to Carrie with a ring that she hates. Oh, great. Yeah. I think Miranda helps her pick it out. And she's like, I have to pick it out. It's a hideous ring. I knew that as well because he mentions it in the film. He says, I should have never gotten you that diamond or something. Yep. It was like... It's a pearl shape. It was, or a pear shape and the pear was wrong. Should have been a, a, a Tiffany cut or some wank like that. I don't know. We we had to put my my ex and I had to pause the the uh, episode and have lots of conversations about it and I was like all right, Sex and the City season five. By the way, I think that's the end of Aiden. He's pretty much gone now until the second film. What? I've just realised, and this it took up until Please. now for the be- penny to drop. The Miranda's son, so Miranda's son with Steve, whose surname is Brady, is called Brady. Yes, Brady Brady. Brady, yes. Brady. It, except he he takes the mother. The he takes bunch. the mother's name, yeah, because they're not married at that point. So it's so he's Brady Hobbs. It's the compromise of taking his last name as a first name. <laughs> fuck off! But it, as a man who double barreled <laughs> his name when he got married, <laughs> it's very nineties. Fuck off! Sex and the City season five, two thousand two. Carrie and Big are still trying to figure out what they are, uh, and Aiden pretty much isn't around anymore. Miranda gives birth to Brady. Brady, 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 Brady. <laughs> New York. He comes out of the womb. Hey, Brady, Brady. Brady, Brady. I do a bartend. He sounds like fucking... Anyone called huge ass. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants his face from fucking Buck Rogers. Bitty, bitty, bitty. Yeah. Looking for a man to hug and kiss. <laughs> Carrie then gets a book deal and the season focuses more on that than the relationships for a while. It's just like, book. Yeah. It's a very short season. Before. Yeah. She's also, at some point, I think about season three, she like starts working for Vogue and there's... She That's has an editor thing. there, yeah. and the, the, it's a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Charlotte gets divorced and falls for her divorced lawyer, Harry Goldenblatt. Hey, old Harry. Carrie meets writer Jack Berger hey. and starts a relationship with him. An old Jack. Jack Berger, man. Okay, we'll come to that. Ron Ron Livingston got done dirty. He got apps. It was like season six. What we're we gonna do? We're gonna have two love interests, and it ends with big. You're like, uh, okay. We've got twenty episodes. Don't worry about it. It's like, okay. How are we ending this? <laughs> Not cleanly. <laughs> Sex and City Series 6, 2003. This is the final <clears throat> season that you've watched the yep. vast majority of. Yep. yep. Mr. Matum. Okay. Jack ends the relationship with Carrie because he's intimidated by her success. That sounds like something I'd do. Yep. <laughs> he breaks up via post-it note. Yes. That sounds like something I'd do. Mm-hmm. I remember <laughs> that's, a, that's a real Jack move, right? Yeah. Now. My ex told me about how that's the most worst thing that anyone could do. She broke up into her fucking email, so, you know. That. Email's worse. It's worse. Email's worse. Yeah. Uh, There's no even like you can't even draw like nothing. a little heart. Not even tangible. Right? You, you can't. Know. You can't rip it up and throw it away. No. Nope. <laughs> Deleting feels like nothing. Anyway, another point. Uh, Miranda wants to reconnect with Steve, but he has a girlfriend now. Oh. But they end up married, so it's all oh. good. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? Their their wedding is actually very nice. Like she, yeah, re- I agree. She, she's like, I refuse to get married in a white dress. I'm not a virgin. Like, let's not even pretend. Fair. Uh, and they get married in a park, if memory serves. Yeah. Oh, nice. Nice. Again. Miranda and Steve. They're the best. Yeah. yeah. Well, no. We'll get to the best in a second. Okay. Uh, Charlotte converts to Judaism and they get married. She's like, I want to marry Harry, but he'll only marry Jewish women, so I want to become a Jew. And it's like, mm. I get it. Because she's, she's defined as a wasp. Yes. Yeah, but she's, extremely, she's, she's extremely, extremely waspy. And also, oh, I was about to say a C word. Um, she's she's a horrible human being. She's a Charlotte. Um, yeah. That's the C word. <laughs> that's the C word. I hate, I hate Charlotte yeah. so much. Yeah. There, there's... Very, there's a few moments where it's like, 
oh, in that small regard, you are a good friend or Absolutely. a decent person. Absolutely. But for the majority of the time, she's just the worst. Yeah, she she's makes a, a comment about a Mexican that walks She's a like, vapid, oh, okay. hideous, racist, spoiled, yeah. awful human being yeah. who has these very awfully rigid traditional views of the world and forces them on everyone. Yeah. And then judges people and she does terrible things herself. Anyway. <laughs> Fuck Charlotte, man. Um, Samantha starts dating a younger guy named Smith and gets him a huge modeling career. When Smith Samantha... is not his actual name. No. Is it not? No. no. His actual name is Jerry, but his surname is Jared. But so Jerry, he's, Jerry. He's Jerry, Jared. Oh, and she's like, that won't do. I'm going to call you Smith. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. But on the movie posters we see, it says Smith, Jared. Yeah, it's so like it's, his, it's like his, you know, it's like like John Wayne is actually Marion, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Marion, 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 Marion's mother's name is. <laughs> but. But Samantha comes up with that. Yeah, she's that's PR. quite cool. She's, she's PR person. Are she you sure? she she builds his career. Fair. There's a point she where she does, yeah. he gets a modeling career for like Absolute Vodka. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, a modeling it's on job brand, I guess. Yeah, yeah, where she it's like Absolute Hunk. Um, Fair. And there's a bit where she's uh, like first it's uh, gay people who are attracted to him, and then there's schoolgirls. Um, who are like pointing him out in the street, and she's like, "Yep, first you get the um, the uh, the gays, then you get the teenagers, and then mainstream success follows." <laughs> yeah, it's 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 again again she's great, she's yeah. great, and it works yeah. in well a, in a very small in a very in a window. specific area. Samantha is great. Yep. Yeah, when you move her outside that, she's trash human being. Difficult. They're all trash human beings, but they have their moments. Uh, so when Samantha gets breast cancer, Smith shaves off his signature hair in solidarity. They're a good couple. Carrie gets over Jack by dating Alexander Petrovsky, a Russian artist and trash man. Yeah, uh, uh, I don't say wife beater because it's not his wife, but he beats women. It's all abusive. Man. He's, he slaps her. He slaps the, her. Uh, I think in the finale. Like really, Jesus. Yeah, because yeah, you know Big's got to come back for He's, a reason. Big's, Big's got to come back and be a be, watch, be watch big. films slowly. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, they go to Paris and she's miserable. That's the finale. Like the finale is. Her going to Paris, basically. Yeah. Uh, there's the go get our girl bit, which is uh, mm. basically Big shows up and they both end up dating. We find out his name. Yeah. Is John. It's John. Yeah. It's John like, James Preston. And I remember thinking, oh, what's Big's actual name? Because it's a thing she's been calling him this whole time in her articles to, for anonymity purposes. It's like, you know, what took so long? John. It's like, John! And I remember screaming that out loud in, in, this, <laughs> in this apartment. And my girlfriend's like, what? And I was like, Fucking John! It's <laughs> a real. Could have called him anything. Called... I know I keep making Simpsons reference, but it's a real Homer J Simpson. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What does the J stand for? J. Yeah. yeah. It's fucking. It's it's the most obvious comment. It's it's so it's Brand Stark. What? Mm. It's not. No, it's not even that. It's so it's so it's so bland. Anyway, it's over. That sounds like a terrible finale for the record. It is. Okay. I mean, it's Carrie and Big get together. Is basically the finale. Yeah, yeah it's like yeah. the the guy she's been chasing on and off, and the kind of the the point. The point yeah. of the finale is that it's finally him Five chasing years. her. That's the rather key point. than her yes. chasing him. He he has made the effort, the commitment, and the the, the statement. And he, he goes says, to Paris to yeah. to track her down. Go get stuff. our girl, and she mm. he goes off and does that. Okay, right, film. <laughs> <sighs> so that's the context going into this movie in two thousand and eight. Yep, Carrie and Big are set to be married. Uh, Samantha has moved to LA. Charlotte and Harry adopt a kid, and then Charlotte gets pregnant. See earlier yeah. notes. Steve admits he cheated on Miranda, and she leaves him. Weird, out of nowhere. Nonsense. Out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Doesn't feel characteristically mm. right, but you know what? Uh, uh, 
Big pulls out Steve of the wedding and Brady. Steve Brady. Um, so yeah, Big pulls out of the wedding and Carrie runs off. This is because Steve comes back and says, Ah, weddings, marriage, rah, 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 rah. and he goes, Oh my god, you're right. Fucking wedding. Well, no, it's, it's Miranda. It's Miranda. Oh, sorry, Miranda. Yes. Yeah, my apologies. Miranda, yes. who's like, don't ever get married. That's right. And he's don't like, make the mistake. Don't be stupid. Don't get married. Yeah. And he's like, well, you told me to go to Paris to find her, so you must know what you're talking about. Yeah. And you have the man job that I respect because I'm a <laughs> backward 1950s idiot. Mm. Anyway, so so Big pulls out of the wedding and Carrie runs off. And apologies. Try to he tries to apologize to her, and this was one of the moments. Where I was like, I remember this frame by frame for some reason. The fucking slow-mo of the flower petals as she whacks him with her bouquet. Mm. Were you fapping yourself into oblivion? Yes. Mm. Next to my wife. <laughs> and it's, it's one of Charlotte's very few and far between good moments. Because he's like trying to chase after her and she just goes, no! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. One of the very few times, as you say, that Charlotte's actually like, yeah, she does useful. A Caesar from Planet of the Apes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Fucking hell. Um, right, so Big apologizes. The four friends go on a holiday to Mexico, which would have been Carrie's honeymoon. Hello, racism. Yeah. You'll notice also in a weird way, it's kind of the same structure as the second film in a minute. You'll find that out. Yep. Do a load of shit. It feels like half a season. They go on holiday. Miranda admits that Steve had something. Uh, sorry, Miranda admits that Steve says something to Big, which caused him to get cold feet, along with her and everything else. And Miranda and Carrie argue about this, and Carrie will only consent to forgive Miranda if she forgives Steve. There's a weird thing here where all of the other three women, and you, you two are totally right. Steve, it's uncharacteristic for Steve to do this whole thing in the first place. It's a terrible mm. idea to write this into this fucking movie. Mm. Steve and Miranda have been very on and off throughout the whole season, but for the most part, from what I remember, that's mostly because Miranda doesn't want to settle down and doesn't. She wanna, is real. She's resisting yeah. that. Driven and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And then when they get married, there's no conflict. Mm. They literally seem there's like living together bullshit and all that kind of thing. In the, yeah, and moving things. to Brooklyn and yeah. and that kind of stuff. But the the problems aren't like he wants to fuck around. Yeah, which is. Weird, but yeah, anyway. Weird. And all the women go like, well, we're on Steve's side. I mean, you haven't really had a conversation about this. You've just kind of arbitrated. But as signs. you now know, they all cheat all the time. Yeah. <laughs> What's the first fucking conversation in the fucking sequel? Oof. Anyway, the two go to counseling and it's fine. There you go. I mean, yep. that is the healthy thing to do. Go counseling. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Samantha goes back to LA and is lonely because Smith is successful. Uh, Carrie meets Big at the penthouse he's bought for her with the walk-in closet and the brand new Malone and Blunix. Special shoes, the expensive shoes. Uh, they're an important shoe. I've written that down in the, in the synopsis here. Uh, the couple do a very quiet wedding. The friends turn up as a surprise. They all have Cosmos. What we end. learned was Big was right all along and Carrie should have just listened to a man from the 50s. Ta-da! Maybe Big was right all along. But wasn't I too? Question mark. That's a Carrie article. Every Carrie article has been a fucking stupid question. Yeah. It's like, what? Was I really I ready do. for another? Do I? Oh. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the literal fuck off title and your of her book. pamphlet of a book. Yeah, no, <laughs> right. Sex and the City 2, 2010. So the you film is not ready for mm, this. The film is a disappointment. People have watched the first mm. film and gone, ah. And we should, we should note both of these films are directed, produced, and written by Michael Patrick King, yep. who was a producer, writer, and frequent director on the series. He yes. directed like 10 episodes over the course of the run of it, yep. which is it's his show, basically. Yeah. It's it, Darren. Darren Star is like the the guy who came up with the idea for yeah, it. Yeah. But 
Michael Patrick King was kind of the showrunner, I guess, Essentially, for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. We don't yeah. know the full ins and outs behind the scenes, but at the end of the yeah. day, yeah. crucial, pivotal people involved. Yeah. So just to hover on the first movie and tie it into the second movie here, a really, really big problem I have with this. We, we mentioned like how compressed a really, it is. Really big problem. Jack um, had a problem. Was it big? <laughs> it was, it was John. Um, <laughs> how compressed the timeline is. They will literally walk out of a room and back into what is the next room in real life. Yeah. But it's like six weeks later and they never state that. But because the, the costumes change every single scene, <laughs> Carrie will walk out of the bedroom and then walk into the living room. But it's six weeks later. This sounds like a clever transition. It's not. It, it sounds yeah. like an interesting way to transition with time and stuff. And they either get it wrong because they talk about like, oh, it's been going on for five months and stuff. But then they have a spring fashion show. Then they have Valentine's Day. So I'm like, is the spring fashion show in like late January? Well, here's the thing. Actually, <laughs> or, or has that 11 might... months happened? Like, no, I think the spring so fashion might be... spring thing before Yeah, you don't get spring the spring happens. fashion in spring. You get it in pre-advancing. That might be correct. Yeah. That might be a fashion thing. But this, the second film certainly Still bullshit. Has, has some timeline bullshit. And the first film suffers from... Because they, they literally cram an entire year's worth of story yeah. into it. Yeah. Or a the timeline of the story is a year. I'm not sure if there's a year's worth of story there. If you take a car and you put it in a crusher and it comes out as a cube, ain't gonna look like a car. Yeah. Ain't gonna look like anything. But it doesn't look like a perfect cube either. No, exactly. So it's like, um, oh, I ordered an ice cube. Got this. What the fuck is that? Yeah. Yeah. And and like Jack says, it's the transitions are not elegant and they're very bad. Aside from costumes changing, there is very little sense of the year progressing. Absolutely. Like, there's not a lot it's of not stuff. not the environmental storytelling there's not, you need. There's no, yeah, there's no environmental storytelling. There's no use of, like, light or the, the, the mise-en-scene to, like, tell the story of, like, oh, now it's Christmas, now it's thing because everything's just taking place in these kind of airless, uh, very fancy places that, you know, wouldn't do something as gauche as putting up Halloween decorations, yeah. you know. Uh, so it's, yeah, the, the, the sense of time in these films is very... It's almost like walking into a liminal space. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. wait, how long has it been? Where, where? How long have I been here? Where are we? And they have moments where, and it's not like a clever thing, as you were saying, Matt, like, it's not a clever transition of like, mm. oh, you get it where you stick on one scene and you see like, oh, the season's passing as the one person walks through a park. Or a, mm. It's a cheesy example, but you know what I mean. Think of fucking Twilight now. Yeah. Where the, the camera spins around and yeah. well, the seasons I, I, change. I literally compared that moment in the first movie where, because Emma was like, oh, Big breaks up with her and she's depressed for a bit. And I was like, is it like Twilight? Oh, shit. <laughs> Bella just sits and stares out the window for six months? Months, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 18 months, six years? I don't know. Again, wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff. I don't know what's going on. And that happens a few times here where they explicitly say the time scale. They say, like I said, you've been, they say five months, but we're 45 minutes into a two hour movie. <laughs> so you've gone five months in 40 minutes. And then the next two weeks is the next hour of the film. And then it's like, and then four months later, it was all fine. Yeah. And you're like, wait, what? It's very stop and starty. But, but if that sounds like an important bit, I was like, yeah. we leave in, th as we get to in the second film as well, we leave in three weeks. Anyway, we're leaving now. Like, <laughs> why did you have that? What the? 
why say that? Why define a period of time if you're not going to do anything? Just don't bother. Just say, we go, we leave, and then we leave. Like, this thing happens, and then it happens. It doesn't fucking matter. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, part of me thinks they're, tr- they're deliberately trying to, in the, certainly in the first film, do like, oh, it's, it's like another season of Sex yes. and the City. You know, there's a reason they're trying to make it a whole year. To its detriment. Yeah. But like, like you said, it's very, oh, five months in... 20 seconds and then you know two weeks takes up the next hour kind of stuff you could do and, a clever thing like and a weird example to compare it to but like superman for all seasons where you mm. use the seasons and the passage of time to express their characters yes. emotions and or the journeys that they're going through because they're all going through different relationship mm. shit and it's just like arbitrary time <laughs> okay sure and there's plenty of other films that cover a year in time and do it with a sense of intention yeah and they, they also suffer from the problem, which exacerbates this one. The scenes tend to be very short because they're still working. They're still writing and directing and editing it like it's a TV show. Yes. So yeah. you will have scenes that are maybe like three or four exchanges of dialogue and then it ends. Yes. And there was a specific, sorry to cut you off, Tim. There, there's a specific example that jumped into my mind that is, I'm trying to think what the scene it cuts from, but there is... A scene that they're at, it mm. say it's Samantha and Smith having a conversation, and then it's Carrie and Big have a conversation, and I timed it. I was like, so it's forty eight seconds that yeah. scene with like a million cuts, not quite as bad as Taken, yeah. but like a bunch of different shots. Sure, it's like a forty second scene. It's like, hey, do you want to go out for dinner? He's like, not really. And she's like, mm. okay, cool. They cut back to the basically mm-hmm. the same conversation Smith and Samantha were just having. Like, why was that a cutaway? Yeah. Who thought that was a good idea? And you're totally right. I, I hadn't thought about it at the time, but that's such TV editing, right? Yeah. Now. Yeah. 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 God. I think it, I think it, it's it's big and carry in the morning, and then suddenly you're with Carrie and Samantha at lunch, and then yes. suddenly you're back again with big and carry in the evening. And it's yep. like, whoa, that was just gone through back a... through the door again. Yes, yeah, she, and she, just walks she through like and walks like... back through the door that she'd left through, but in, in a, a different, different outfit. Cost. Yes. Yeah. That's it's the like, one. yeah. This any any so... film writer would have said, right, okay, well, let's condense this down. Which one of these don't we need? Mm. And more importantly, can we get us these two conversations into one or at least have the point that matters? Or take a long scene to really figure out what is actually happening here. Yeah. And at the same time, so I think they all go out for lunch. I think you're mm. right. It's the four girls going out for lunch mm. and that whole thing. Even though we've just had Samantha be in LA Mm-mm. and then she's back again. Yeah. And then she's back in LA again. And they make a big deal of like, oh my God, Samantha's back. She's flown back to see us. Mm. And then the next scene, she's back in LA and then she comes back again and they just don't address it. Yeah. Like, yep. Where is she then? I was like, this is some, I said this to Emma at the time. I was like, this is some Game of Thrones season eight, like teleporting <laughs> yeah, yeah. nonsense. I was like, where's Varys? Why is he there? What's happening? <laughs> How is, that's 500 miles away. And she's like, is she just flying willy nilly? Then why move her out to LA? Like what the... What's the point of any of this stuff? Yeah. Ugh. Absolutely. Anyway. Sorry. On to on to the no. second movie, Matthew. Oh, yeah, I haven't even started it. Fucking hell. No. <laughs> <laughs> Section City 2, 2010. Ready? I'm not. Anthony and Stanford get married. It's bullshit. Matt's written that down. He is correct. I watched that film. Yeah. And the second that first scene came on, I went, what in the fuck is happening? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. These two characters who... Don't Diametrically like opposed. Other. Yeah. Uh, so in the in the first film, they share a kiss on New Year's because neither of them else, neither of them has anyone else to 
the, the traditional two... gay men in New York. Yes, exactly. As we know. And they only hang out with straight women. They don't hang out with any other gay men. Um, yep. Yeah. And literally early in the sea in the series, they have had to go at Carrie and Charlotte because they're like, we have nothing in common. You're just setting us up because we're two gay men. Yep. And it's a and then gay, it works. And it's a gay man who is writing and directing this. It's like yep. it's so And it establishes a theme that is maybe my least favourite thing in the two films that I've seen. Racism? <laughs> also that. <laughs> but the somebody is wrong about a thing, like this is objectively a terrible idea and we've already had a conversation about this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but no, it's fine. They were right all along. Yeah. Big does this. A bunch of these characters have a terrible idea that everyone goes, that's a terrible idea. Mm. And then they do the terrible idea. It's like, oh, they were right all along. It's like, no, they were an asshole about mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. They should have some sort of comeuppance about being an asshole. Turns out the asshole was right is basically the fucking history yeah. lesson I took away from this. Is like, oh, Big was right all along. He's an asshole. But he's an arsehole who was correct about everything, apparently. So it's fine. Like that's not how that works. He's still an arsehole. Yeah, because the, essentially, the one of the first jokes of the film is that it's Carrie and Big preparing to go to this wedding, and Big keeps going, keeps saying, "Oh, I've never been to a gay wedding before." And Carrie's like, "Stop calling, stop calling it a, it gay, a gay, wedding. gay wedding. It's Stanford and Anthony's wedding. Like, you don't need to keep hitting the gay." Yeah, but, with a, but you know, but it's it's gonna be like a gay wedding, yeah. Right? It's and then, wedding. and then they arrive, and it's very lavish, and there's like an all male choir singing, and and, a, it, and it, it's stuff. A, a frankly, uh, I don't, want, I, I can't comment as it were, but it is an offensive wedding <laughs> in that it is like the most cliche gay wedding you can think of. With yes, it's like choral singers and yeah. swans, and yeah, it's like and Liza fucking Minnelli, and you're like, yes, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. and so and so. Uh, Carrie then turns to Big and goes, oh, you're right. It is a gay no, wedding. Is, and it's yeah. like, that's meant to be our, one of our first big jokes. And it's like, no, that's just, that's just fucking... Confirming he's the homophobe yeah. that he's right to be judgmental yeah. about gay yeah. people. Like, and then he gets hit you know on those, by a dude. You know those stereotypes? Bang on, mate. Yeah. Just just keep with those stereotypes. Yeah. yeah. He's like, a guy compliments and he's like, a guy just hit on me. Yeah. And it's like, how did it feel? How did it make you feel? Uh, what like I still got it? Like, like I yeah. still I got thought, it. No way, this awful piece of shit character is thinking that he yeah. wants to beat that man to death because he's so insecure. <laughs> mm. Like I'll meet him out the back later and just beat the shit. Good out thing of him. I brought my bat. It's like, oh, you piece of shit. Anyway, that whole wedding sequence goes on for quite some time. It does. And Liza Minnelli sings nothing. Beyonce. Oh, she does with the weirdest wet fart ending of a song <laughs> I've ever seen. All the single ladies. All wedding appropriate song. All the single ladies. All mm. the single ladies. And then Moving she on. has a sneeze or something. <laughs> she goes, oh, oh, oh. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she falls Such over. a weird ending to that song. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it's a and again, it is a completely pointless bit of filler because Anthony and Stanford have no real bearing on this film. And there's there's also a whole thing about how Anthony's allowed to cheat. Yes. And it doesn't use it as like, oh, let's examine how like gay and straight relationships can be different or how like people can have open marriages. Or the fact they're forcing themselves into this thing. Yeah. They don't believe Uh, it. It's just like, oh, look at these gays and they don't they don't even do marriage right. And there's an in he um Stanford gets an interesting line of like, he's allowed to cheat in the forty five states where we're not legally married. I was like, Whoa. (laughs) That's a thing you should be fucking talking about. Like, there's, 
Like we said, yeah. it knocks on the door of so many like potentially really interesting conversations. Then it's like well, that was a joke, right? Yeah, gay I, people, I mean, gay people can't get married in like most mm, of apparently the marriage the greatest country, is not recognised, the greatest yeah. country in <laughs> the Western developed world, all that bollocks. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. it's not. Does, mm, it, mm. does it also mean that when gar- gay marriage became fully legalised, that Anthony, Anthony couldn't cheat anymore? They're not yeah. together still. That's got to be. I mean, I don't know, give a shit what it is in the main story, but. Um, anyway, yeah, it's there's a one line that um, well, you know, because Carrie says, "So that's okay then." And he just goes, eh. "So it's like, oh, it's not. You are yeah, not happy. You are with not this. comfortable. This you are very this. unhappy. It's almost like these two characters shouldn't be in a fucking relationship." Is, he's because... telling everybody at the wedding that he gets to cheat on people. Yeah, he's, like, he's literally saying, "I'm getting married, and it's so frustrating." But you know why I cheat whatever yeah. I like? And I like, don't like this wedding. I when he said there were swans, I I just I gave up. Out. I was like, any spouse doing that, getting going to a wedding, is a Dickhead. Yep. Yeah. Whether you're invested already, or you're too invested, or you're like your your spouse taking over, whatever happens to be. I mean, Jack, you recently got married, same situation. I did. It's if Jack was running on saying, I don't give many, a fuck about this whole swans. thing. I, I don't care. I was I checked out of this point. Fuck it, I don't care. But it's kind of I get to cheat on it whenever I want to. And we're like, murder. Yeah, like, why yeah. the fuck are you getting married, you yeah. psycho? Yeah. Anyway, gays, therefore funny. <laughs> so Miranda quits the firm she's working at because the managing partner is misogynistic. That is the start and, and end, end of that, Miranda's yeah, That's art. what I hinted at earlier of the, oh, there's some conflict. And five, four, and it's resolved. There yeah. you go. Cool. <laughs> yep. Right. It's a matter of three minutes, I think, something like that, of screen it's time. My, it, like, pretty much. Well, it, the, the total of that subplot is less than that. I would say it's about 90 seconds. Yeah. Yes, yeah. spread it out all, over at, 15 minutes. I think this yeah, was the moment you, Jack, it all Tim said, you need to watch this bit, Jack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it all happens within the first 40 minutes of this yeah. two, hour, two and a half hour film. So Miranda's then has no subplot and her subplot is, hello, I have read a guidebook on Abu Dhabi. <laughs> Miranda I, becomes actually, to be I'm fair, just an excitable mum tourist. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she's like, I, I'm, I'm trying really hard to just say the words and join in and stuff and be respectful mostly. And like, good, thank you. Yeah. Enjoy your holiday. Yeah. <laughs> right. Charlotte finds being a... Oh, fucking Charlotte. Charlotte finds being a mother difficult because mothering's hard. Yes. Of course it we is. We learned that. A revelation on. that no one else has ever had. Nope. Being, well, being well, a parent, especially to two children, harder yep. than it was at f- for one and hard in general. Yep. We learn that later on. We'll learn that difficult, difficult journey. Yep. Don't bake cakes in a vintage dress as well. And yep. she's worried that Harry is attracted to her nanny. The Irish nanny. Ooh, Alice Eve being done dirty in this film. Well. Again, like with Star Trek Into Darkness. Yes. But she has so much more actual presence in Into Darkness. breasts. That's it. I mean, Christ. It is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, she has 90, she has about 90 seconds of screen time and a good 50% of that is spent bouncing. 50? 80, <laughs> Tim. I'd say all of it. Tim. Yeah. Maybe all of it. She's always not wearing a bra and yeah. jumping up and down jumping up and she's, down she's Aaron Gabral. she gets hosed down at one point yeah, yeah. it's like okay um and she's irish apparently. for some reason no no arbitrary reasons why she must be irish and whenever she's on screen irish jig music yeah. just starts happening fiddledy fucking diddledy <laughs> and it spills into um the next scene for a couple of seconds and yeah. then it starts up it what's happening it's like <laughs> hello hello it's just the sound it's just the sound her breasts make yeah fucking smacking away on a fucking Kaylee drum like oh Jesus um it's a lot anyway uh Carrie's and 
Carrie and Big's marriage becomes mundane with Carrie craving the nightlife and Big wanting a quieter life. Again, getting older and mm. being, in this case, not very compatible and not this, talking about this it. This is something Tim touched upon is so key to these two for me. And it's something I kind of, not having the knowledge of, the, you know, the decade before this leading up to mm. this. Sure. Tim is like, it's like they've never had a relationship before. It's like they've never lived with anyone else before yeah. and never been adults. I'm like, it is. Yeah. <laughs> this is like me and my second girlfriend when yeah. we moved in together and, and as teens. And this is a terrible idea. We this did it for like a weekend and we're like, yeah, we're living together. I then went back home to my parents. Yeah. I'm not an idiot. It was like, this is where modern viewing doesn't work because the idea of living on your own for a long time is like, I don't understand. And it's not going to afford that. It also, I think it, it speaks to two things. It speaks to the privileged bubble that these characters live in where all of them can have their own apartment in New York City and never have to worry about roommates or moving in with a partner because they have money problems. And so therefore it's like, it's not, oh, is our relationship ready for this? Maybe not. Let's hold off. It's like, no, I could just fucking use the money. So yeah, we're going to move in together. Um, the money problems are, I might not be able to afford these shoes yeah. because they're 15 grand. Yeah. It's like, Alright. Yeah. No, they're, and, they're twenty dollars, as we'll find out later. Yeah. Okay. Uh and obviously people who move in together too soon because of money problems often have relationships you know, it yeah. often doesn't yeah. work out. But you learn how to communicate with a certain way with a character with a person that you don't if you just see them because you're going out to dinner together or it's spending like they've the day never together. had a conversation. It's yeah. really weird. I don't I th- know that they have. Yeah. I think what it, happened for the last ten years of this fucking TV show? If like I the, just told the you, two central <laughs> characters basically don't have a conversation. Yeah, they have Fuck sex me. off screen, and they have arguments on screen. She chases him, they and have then eventually he chases her, and, and then that's it. Yeah. I think it also speaks to something, and I I'm aware I am wading into sensitive territory here, and I so. This is okay. entirely unqualified speech. I think it also speaks a little bit to the fact that a lot of the series, and especially these two films, were written by slightly older gay men. Oh, interesting, Tim. Yeah, because because mm. it's much easier for a man, especially a gay man, to have a long a, a lifetime of living by themselves, having quite casual relationships, and never really necessarily having to think about moving in with the other person. Sure, sure. Um, and, and potentially getting to 30s or 40s and going like, actually, I'd quite like to settle down now. And, oh, wait a minute. I've I feel never equipped for it. I, I'm not equipped yeah. for it. Um, obviously, these are big generalizations. No, no, no. But from like a societal, it frowned upon. Why are these two men that are just really good friends? That yeah. kind of awful. I, 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 I see where you're coming from, Tim. I get that. I get that entirely. I think that uh, that does reflect on a lot of people. Not again as a broad generalization, absolutely. Yeah. But for some people, that's a relatable. Like, yeah, good point. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. Um, so they don't have this compatibility, and uh, the two spend time away from one another, which shakes off the routine and rekindles the romance. Essentially, what happens is they're in a hotel. Uh, big. It's like, oh, it's a black and white film. You'll love it. And they sit down and watch it, and they have, I guess, sex. Uh, and then they have an argument. I don't know if they have sex. I think they watch the film. Nah, they have sex. Mm. <laughs> no, I think I think they don't have sex because they're all, they're also at that point stuck in between Charlotte's crying babies and Samantha noisily having sex next door. Yeah, yeah. I think they just watch the movie. I think that's, that's the whole problem is that they sit yeah. and watch the movie and don't have sex. Maybe, stuff. maybe it's a good point. Either way, 
It's too it's too fucking uh, elusive. Um, but the point is that um, Carrie goes to spend two days at her, uh, her she still has her apartment because it's a bad time to sell, which is the only yeah. acknowledgement of the 2008 financial crisis <laughs> that these yeah. characters have to do. And so she goes back in there and then they come back and they're like, oh my God, what an amazing sex we had after this dinner because we had two days apart, therefore we're enjoying ourselves. Which again, yeah. There's also been a whole to-do where it's been their anniversary. Carrie oh, bought God. Big a, a, a nice watch and, and, then, and then ruined it by getting it engraved. <laughs> um, and Big got a TV for their room because he was like, wasn't that nice when we watched that black and white movie together? Now we've got a TV in the bedroom we can watch together, which is a bit of a selfish present because it's clearly that he wants to sit in bed and watch TV yep. and hasn't gathered that that is not, not the kind of that, person she is at all. That is not the kind of person she is. But also it's just a symbol of like, these two people want different things from their lives and Carrie overreacts to it and it's like, that's a Carrie. Because they don't have a conversation about it. Yeah. They just leap to conclusions and then argue about it because conflict, I guess. Precisely. And what happens then is she spends two days away and he says, hey, we had a great time being away from each other. I could do my own shit where I just watch the TV. You can hang out with your girls. Let's do that every Let's week. Let's do it every week. And she goes, what? Yeah. What? And it's like, that's a good thing, right? And again, I hate defending Big because he's a terrible character. I hate defending Chris North because I don't defend Chris North because he's a piece of shit. But the point is, <laughs> the point is that his idea is technically correct and yep. quite mature. It's just really he poorly articulated. Done. Exactly. Yeah. And they yeah. don't have a conversation about it. No. He says, we've done a thing. Let's do the thing all the time. And she goes, no, we can't do the thing. Instead of, how about we try it like once a month and see yeah. how that goes? Maybe let's. Try it every couple of weeks. She escalates like, and says, well, surely two days becomes four days, becomes six days, and then I never see you. And it breaks up and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. 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 Maybe don't start at nine out of ten. Start <laughs> at like a six and then see how it goes. Like That's not how Carrie works. Th yeah. There's no compromising, which is the fucking, how fucking relationships work. Carrie is a walking immature child. Yeah. Anybody who says, oh, I'm like, just and like he's Carrie. he's a hundred years old. <laughs> 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 yeah. Don't worry about the whole like... Two days a week. That we'll worry about how three or four years time. I'm gonna make yeah. it past Saturday, Carrie. Which again, knowing how the most recent series works out, mm. spoiler alert, he dies. He dies. Um, and everything. Then everything's fine. Moving away from that plot for a second. Yep. Samantha is offered an all expenses working holiday to Abu Dhabi to devise a PR campaign for an Arab Sheikh because she's done a great PR campaign for mm -hmm. Smith. Fair enough. Yeah. That's literally fine. That's actually quite a normal thing. And also, as we said, quite meta, probably affects reality. She brings her friends with her. We are one hour into this two and a half hour movie. We checked when we did the commentary. Absolutely did. Oh, like, one hour they're on the plane. Yes. Yeah. So I, this is going to sound like I'm running through this because I am, because this is how I've written we'll be it. here all night. Yeah. She brings her friends with her. Carrie bumps into Aiden. Right. Okay. That's a leap. Right That's there. a leap That's, because yeah. I'm not going to get into all the racism and pointless observations. It doesn't matter. But a woman eats chips, Matthew. Uh, but how does she do it? She's got, uh, she's got traditional Muslim clothing on, but is eating uh, fries. How does that work? Uh, so they literally show how it works. And it's unremarkable because people eat food, you fucking morons. Yep. And then oh, they point it out extra much. I, I, I find the worst. that this is going to sound like a, such a strange comparison, but I'm going to. Uh -oh. They're like, how could. That's a commitment to fried food. How many, imagine wearing a, you know, uh, um, a niqab and having to. Niqab, as they pronounce it. Yes, they do. A niqab and having to lift it up and meet one fry at a time. I'm like, 
If you've eaten fries with fucking lipstick on, it's the same <laughs> shit. You have to reapply the lipstick all the fucking time. Obviously, you know, film shorthand. Anyway, right, moving on. They're in Abu Dhabi. It's racist and offensive. They go out on and the market. End of the movie. Yeah. Carrie goes out there. She buys some fucking shoes for like next to nothing. $20. She, Which is a normal amount to spend on shoes, actually, but absolutely. because, because they live in a world where the shoes should be $100 absolutely. at minimum. Yeah. So she's like, I have How is regularly possible? bought what is the English equivalent of $20 shoes. Yeah. I live in $20 shoes. <laughs> I treated go. myself to some forty-pound trainers the other week, and I was like, "You carry yeah. pushing the boat <laughs> out." Seriously, I was like, yeah. "Oh my god!" I spent more than thirty pounds on a pair of shoes. I'm a fucking carry branch. These will last me forever. Yeah. <laughs> these are my um, Malikni blah blah blah. These are my what are they called? Milano Blonics. Yep. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, right. So, so she forget basically. She takes uh out of her bag a bunch of spice and a passport to fit the shoes in because that is quite a carry thing to do because she's. A fucking idiot. And in the moment, she sees something across the market. She sees Aiden. It's Aiden. It's Aiden. That guy we mentioned earlier. Makes no sense that he's there. But also, does feel kind of Aiden. Well, it's, it, they give a justification why he's there. It's a huge coincidence that they have ended up in the same place at the same time. And I'm okay with it because he's the kind of jet-setting person who would be around, obviously. He's kind of rusticy kind of guy. Yeah. In fact, she's there is the oddity. Yes, and he expresses yeah. surprise at the fact that, like, Correct. what the fuck are you doing in a... Harry Bradshaw, in a... Abu Dhabi? Or... Yeah. What? How? What? Come here, you. I'm just a cowboy. <laughs> Can I make you a shelf? I'll make a shelf. Put you on it. <laughs> okay, right. Uh, Carrie bumps to Aiden, and after a meal, they kiss. They do. Oh, no. Naughty. He talks about the seven, how he's memorized seven things and he's no, not there he, yet. He's memorized four, four out of, of seven. the seven United Arab Emirates. Within the United Arab Emirates, so there are multiple states within the Emirates themselves. He lists about three and she goes, oh. <laughs> yeah. The, I the, can't not kiss him. The catalyst for their lust <laughs> is, so I've been here, I learn a new state every time I come here. There's seven in total. I could name four. <laughs> He's so also, dumb. Also, I got say- a couple of months ago. I got kicked in the head by a horse. <laughs> Accurate. His I chat can- up line is: I can count to four. <laughs> <laughs> what low bar is this? That's that's the uh, the cover of uh, Dragon Ball. I can only count to four. <laughs> I can only count to four. <laughs> One. I can count to one, two. I can count to two, three. <laughs> I can count what to comes three. after three? Four. <laughs> 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 okay, right. Anyway, so she runs off back at the hotel. Miranda and Charlotte stare, uh, share motherhood war stories. Basically, both of them saying mothering is hard. The conversation is actually pretty good in that the scene is quite slow. They have a conversation back and forth. There's an element of humor to it, mm. and it's just there. It's another one of these, how have they never had this conversation before? Yes. Mm. It's like these characters only ever interact when they're on screen, and apart from that, they don't <laughs> exist. It, it's the, oh, I can't say it, I can't say it, sip, sip the alcohol. They both mm. sip it, and they're like, ah, oh, sometimes it's hard with my kids. It is. Sip, sip, sip. Oh, okay. I hide in a room sometimes because I can't, because I cry all day. It is hard. It's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, it's, yeah. It's, it's a decent scene, and it's good that, like, Films should have this of like women in talking a fantasy. Honestly. It's an honest conversation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it occasionally suffers from Charlotte just talking like an alien that has come to Earth. Yes, uh, where where like <laughs> Miranda Miranda's like you know motherhood is hard, and Charlotte's like 
Yes, but the benefits make it worth it. And it's like, those are your children and, you're and talking about. And she also says, I can't imagine doing it without a full-time nanny. Yeah. Like, so it's not that hard. Yeah, yeah. she's worried that Harry's going to cheat on her. full-time and her big problem employee. Is that she's worried she can't find the good help. And yeah. And yeah, you touched on this in the commentary about, and this wouldn't have been something I'd really thought about. Oh like, yeah, the fact that she says, "When I thought about Harry cheating with the nanny, my worry was I need to find a new nanny, not that my husband's going to be mm. cheating on me." Totally fair thing, you know, like having that thought. But God, is that privileged? And they don't address how privileged <laughs> that is. That's the key thing here. There mm. are moments where mm. they can touch on these interesting topics and explore that, but it's just like. Oh, how does any mother do it without full time nannies? It's like most mothers do what <laughs> throughout time. Yeah. yeah. Also, by the way, the reason Alice Eve, who is an English actress, is Irish and not English, because the nanny can't be Mary fucking Poppins. She has to be a quirky Irish woman. Has to be you know, Aaron Gabrales. A, a, a fucking you know a lay person who couldn't get a job yes. as a lawyer. No, 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 no. Only this. Like, <laughs> uh sure. Everybody is. Anyone could be a I fucking mean, nanny. Go go back eighty years, and Charlotte is definitely the kind who would have like a no Irish sign she outside most her definitely door. Definitely is. Uh, she's the kind of person. Ah, oh, fucking hell! I feel like she's the wife in Twelve Years a Slave, um, who throws a rocket. Yes, she is. Uh, Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson's yeah, character. Yeah. I hate to say it, but I'm like, oh, no, no, no. She's objectively she's racist. actively that person. In the first movie. This is another one of the we terrible this, yeah. person is proven right thing is where mm. my theory comes from. She keeps eating these fucking chocolate pudding bollocks and refuses to eat any of the food and drinks bottled water and refuses and then has Wait, one when they're in Mexico. When they're in Mexico, sorry, yeah. yes, Tim, thank you for clarifying. And then she has a shower in Mexico and then a bit of the water goes in her mouth while she showers and she basically has a meltdown. And, and then you're like, and oh, well then nothing's going to happen because... Who cares? Because that's absurd, yeah. Yeah. And then she shits her pants. So it's like, she was right, you know. They are dirty. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. How is that the lesson we've learned here? She, she also... How is the lesson not, we're all the same, it doesn't matter. Granted, maybe don't drink shower water in other countries. That can be bad for your gut mm. bacteria and all that Fucking kind of Fucking water in this country is full of sewage at the minute. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. And then the lesson is... She was right, you know. She, well, again, it, there's lots of this in this film as well. Where she arrives and she's like Miss So and So, and it's it, I can't remember her maiden name. Uh, it's like you did really not not Golden Blitz at the Middle East. Jesus Christ! It's like, yeah. No, no, no. It's the Middle East, and by the end of the film, it's the Middle East. And they all go, oh. "Oh, I know what you mean." Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, they I think it's even Jews over here. You're like, wait, what? Yeah. It's Samantha by the end of the movie. New Middle East, my ass. Yeah. And first of all, um, again. Part of me is like, it's, it's like, for example, when when Star Trek Beyond started filming in, I think Abu Dhabi or Dubai, mm. one or two, and it was like interviewing the casting, what an amazing futuristic crazy city, this is amazing, mm. and the, the architecture is stunning, well they've been such amazing hosts, and Zachary Quinto is very quietly saying, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> they kill people like me here, yeah, mm. yeah, because uh, it's 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 like yeah. Anyway, mm. point is, this film shouldn't have done this. Here we are. <laughs> Miranda and Carrie and other people discuss what Carrie should do. Everyone says, shut the fuck up. Uh, Samantha's in the bath and Carrie screams, everybody, I've done a stupid thing. Immediately everyone comes to her because mm. they are arguably good friends. And immediately Charlotte being drunk is quite amusing because she's 
not as offensive as she could be in that moment. She's like, yeah. I'm a little drunk. It's like, yeah, good. I don't know what to do. It's yeah, like, yeah, good. We don't, don't need your suggestions. She just says, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I'm a little drunk. Yeah. I don't know. Be that. That's, <laughs> that's be that. Anyway. But they're all like, I don't know. And Few then people are more tolerable when they're drunk. Yeah. Charlotte is one of those. Yeah. Oh, well, but I imagine two drinks and she's literally, you know, assaulting people. Yeah. She's leading some insurrections on January 6th. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Damn. was there. And Miranda's trying to get her off at the same time. Like, okay, well, okay. With those images of you there. Okay. Yeah. Right. Samantha basically says, it doesn't matter. It was a kiss. Don't fucking tell him. It's stupid. Keep the secret. Stum, stum, stum. Mm. And she says, I don't know. Then sleep on it. All arguably sound advice. And can see the amount of fucking cheating going with all four of them yep. all the time. Mm, yep. You're like, yeah. Yeah. So she doesn't do that. Um, <laughs> Carrie then tells Big. He basically hangs up and stares out a window. Like he does, does, a does some very serious acting and then stares out a window. Yeah, like he's in the fucking departed or something. And I laughed out loud. They do a double <laughs> zoom out. <laughs> he's in his like... 150th floor of fucking office because of course he is he's, he's rich stockman or whatever it is uh, <laughs> hi i'm rich, rich stockman, stockman. <laughs> that's basically his fucking character i really hope there's a character in tim's pitch called rich stockman <laughs> there is Hang now on, let me, uh, yeah <laughs> and he literally does the one arm lean against the glass and stare out into new york and then a zoom out and then another zoom out yeah. <laughs> We're really doing this? Yeah. Then he strangles really? a prostitute. <laughs> um, we, we, by the end of the film, we're not sure. Um, I think he kills her. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he knows a guy who knows a guy in the Middle East I've who been, kills... I've Aiden. been down in the darks. I'm just fucking... Don't yeah. worry about it. I'll give a guy a small package and... Uh, <laughs> let's, just, let's just say that Aiden's not a problem no more. Yeah. Cause Cause he hold hold cause, this bag of concrete. Yeah. Aiden's not seen for the rest of the film, by the way. Yeah, this is the end of Aiden. Yeah. As far as we know. She's this pretty much out of the film. Right. The friends' American sensibilities don't gel with the local customs, specifically That's Samantha. A boiling down of the next forty minutes of this yes. film, have you? That is, Samantha goes on a date with a Danish architect, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> That's a brilliant moment. Again, referencing the commentary, I highly recommend if you can do go and check out the commentary. Tim, as this man is being introduced, as he arrives, it was, on it was the me Jeep. interrupting again because yes. I was like, "Shut up, Jack! <laughs> Stop talking, Get Jack! You need to pay attention." Watch this man drive at the sand what dunes. What nationality is this man? It's like, well, he's clearly an Australian. <laughs> but he's supposed to be British? It's like, no, he's a Brit playing a Dane. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. So um, we get some amazingly awful dialogue, obviously, as we, we went through the entire yeah. movie. So yeah, they, they, they go to a, a, a restaurant and she's very briefly sticking a hooker in her mouth. Like, oh, look, I could be sucking this. This could be your dick. And he's mm. like, my God. And she touches his leg and you can see the bulge of his wang. Mm. Like, oh, and there's people watching on going, that's disgusting. And you know what? You get that in New York, you get that in any city in the world, except there it's also quite illegal to do certain things. Anyway, and then she's like, we're going to go to the beach now. Oh, yes. Let's go to the beach. It's been a long time since I've been on the beach. And I'm like, eh, sure. And he stands up with just a big old erection. Yeah. Just fucking like a, like a, like a kid, like walking around, like, oh, I've yeah. been lost. I'm sorry. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? And, some, then he starts undressing Samantha as they leave. Like, is, yeah. What the fuck? You've been here four times. Y yeah. You know that this is a bad thing. The uh, the Danish architect, that is, sorry. Anyway. And presumably Samantha has also maybe been out there. She said about Dubai. No, she meant, meant to go before or something. She's been to Aries. I don't know. But yeah. she, either way. Anyway, doesn't she, matter. She should know better. Point is, they get arrested for indecency. Correct. Um, now, Miranda does highlight that you have to do all this because the answer is jail. 
Yeah. Ar- United Arab Emirates jail for doing certain things. Yeah. Don't fuck around with this. And she's like, fine. Anyway, the Sheikh bails are out, but cuts off their expenses from that day forward. Everything's mm. fine. They're like, can I have a credit card number, please? Because we will need to bill you. She's like, fuck no, you're wrong. And he's like, no. Pay for these things? Pay? I don't pay. <laughs> it's $22,000 a night. How? <laughs> They're sharing rooms. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Um, anyway, so they're like, we have to leave now. And there's a mad scramble. Like, oh, I can't do this. Help me pack. Oh, Middle East. Oh, fuck you. There it's... are other rooms in the hotel. Oh, don't. Just go to a cheaper place. Yeah. That's maybe even in the same fucking building. They can't even get the car because these, these, these shitty taxis turn up. They're like, what yeah. the fuck is this? We had like four air-conditioned cars. One yeah. They're all rich. <laughs> yeah. Go to another hotel. There's usually, if you're in a hotel, there's usually another yeah. hotel nearby. And I'm, I'm, I've never been, but I'm just going to throw, roll the dice and guess here. There are multiple hotels in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> just going to guess. Some of which are cheaper than $22,000 yeah. a night. But they I planned mean, on spending no money. That's yeah. a big guess there, Tim, yeah. but I'm with you. That being said, uh, oh, 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 very minor point. Uh-oh. Carrie leaves all her money intentionally for one of the butlers who lives there. Good old Garal, yeah, maybe yeah. the only nice person. He doesn't show up again. Thing. His yeah. story's done. Um, anyway, she, but... she learns about other people struggling in relationships that aren't her. Yes, because yes. he and learns about people who have to work abroad and have to work like, oh yeah, I send see my wife like I'm out here working for three months and I go home and see my wife. Isn't that hard? Yeah, but we're in love and it's nice when we spend the time together. Yep. And it's like, yeah, and and it's like you get a lot in New York too. And there's. Again, there's almost a moment where she has a like, well, maybe my life isn't so bad after all. Mm. But she never does. <laughs> of course not. She almost has that. And then she's like, well, I'll just give him money and that'll fix it. Imagine watching six seasons that shit. Um, uh-huh. Also, the whole sequence, you can kind of have a bit from John Williams from uh, Home Alone. It's that kind of like scrambling nonsense. You know, the, 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 the case is being loaded into the taxi and then taken out of the taxi because when they try and leave, because Miranda has just about scheduled this very, very posh flight back with their little booths yes. in first class. The whole, they... the whole stakes here is if they're late to the flight, they might have to fly coach. And they oh refuse my God. to do that. And like a peasant. They can't do that because Samantha's having hot flashes. Mm-hmm. Yes, because her hormones were taken away when she got... And there's a whole point, it doesn't actually matter. Anyway, Carrie remembers that she left her passport in the market. So with they the shoe guy. With the shoe guy. So they have to go back to the market. Who speaks English. She specifically asks if he speaks English. He's one of the good ones, apparently. And then and she talks to him <laughs> like this. I want to buy a shoe mm, for these. Off. How much? And he's like, $20. <laughs> he's like, what? $20 for some shoes? Impossible. Oh, yeah. No, that's... that's that's how much it is out here, yeah. love. I'm sorry to tell you. So Carrie returns to the market she saw Aiden at. She gets her passport back very quickly. The same market now is very scary and seedy yes. and eerie because yes. ooh, spooky time. Yeah, they've been warned about uh, prohibited things. I don't go off into side rooms with strange men, which is true of any fucking city anywhere, you <laughs> yeah. daft fool. Yeah. Anyway, Charlotte does. in fucking Because <laughs> she's the fucking worst. She's yeah. like, oh, a gift for my fucking family and wanders yeah. off like, you are a clown, madam. Mm. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> maybe she's still drunk. Who knows? Yeah, Charlotte ends up getting sort of like, I want to buy these fake goods, and uh, because there's a whole like fake um, Birkin, Birkin is the name yeah. of the bag. Um, they think that she's uh, that Samantha stolen a bag, but it's not. So they tear it open and it breaks, and all her ship falls out. 
which include condoms, which I believe are illegal in the United Arab Emirates or highly, highly frowned upon. Yeah, yeah, they would certainly be. Yeah, in the same way that alcohol is illegal. It's like, yeah, yeah, you can still get it. Yeah. It's a dry country, but you can still buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Haram. Yes, precisely. Thank you. Um, But um, a fight ensues, which leads to an angry mob, sort of. They're like going, ah, ah, yeah, ah, shame. Yeah. Anyway. Then the girls run off. They don't seem to actually be being chased. It's just been like, lady, what the fuck? Yeah. Because it's literally they're about to be called to prayer. Yeah. It's it's all very bad. And she's just screaming, condoms, I have sex. Yeah. You're like, okay, fine. You're it's very condoms multiple times. It's very ugly Americans, you know, yes. like. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's the, listen here, you backward yokels. And to be fair, the middle, I'm not going to fucking defend the Middle East. I'm not going to defend anywhere that's going to be like oppressing mm. people. But yeah. also, I live in Great Britain. Yes. Yeah. We oppress people quite badly here. Yeah. Not you don't, the same degree, you don't, but still. You don't show up to a place and tell them how to do I mean, that is life. quite British. Uh, that is very British, but it's bad British. Correct. Um, anyway, this is countered by the local women showing off their clothes under the abaya. So basically, they have the uh, they, they 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 sort of quietly, surreptitiously tell the uh, main cast, "Come with us." And like, okay, we'll go with these ladies into a side room. Sure. Mm. And they're like, ah, and they start they, you know relating that ah, oh, I get the whole hot flashes. I too have the entire spring collection of Louis Vuitton or whatever the fuck it is. We yeah. we love these outfits. And yeah. yeah, sure. I mean, also. Again. Under these scary black cloaks, we've actually got designer clothes My on. My God, there's women there. They're people too. Yeah. And they all have the same book <laughs> that, that Samantha has been using to survive menopause slash promote throughout this film, yep. holding it up so that the camera can see. It's an actual real product placement yeah. tie and It's a fucking James Bond moment. It's I didn't terrible. know it was a real thing and had to ask when we were watching yeah. this. I'm like, yeah, that looks like a made-up prop book. And like, yeah. no, that's a real. Uh, thing. I mean, if you go to an American bookstore, the covers are the fucking author, atrocious. The author's probably paid a lot of money to be in this movie. Yeah, yep. So that every character goes, "No, look, we love this book." Yeah, it Stare works. Stare at camera. I bet it still sold a fortune because of it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, anyway, so the friends are then smuggled out in burkas, <laughs> and they can't tell because Charlotte's got so distracted. Which one, Charlotte? Let's look at the shoes. And they're like, "Oh God, where's Charlotte? There she <laughs> is." Like, ah! Having having just jeopardized their flight back by wandering off, she then wanders off again. Fucking worst. The absolute worst. It's just for the kids. It's like, can you fucking not? Yeah. Can we we are trying to literally disguise ourselves and smuggle ourselves out of this city and you're trying to buy something. Yeah. Fuck you, you idiot. Anyway. They get to the airport. Uh Carrie gets home to find the big is gone, along with the TV. It looks like the TV's been ripped, He's out, the ripped out of the wall. Ripped out of the wall, yeah. But then he comes back. Looking like he's fucking killed someone. Yeah, that TV. He's got. He walks into the apartment, and it and it's kind of he's in like a sort of a, a lobby, I guess, area. A little, sure. Just a little entrance nook, and he's got this thousand yard stare where he's just like he's got a good fella's Harry Hills. Like yeah. I just stabbed a guy in a boot of a car. Yeah. Boot. Sorry. Trunk. Yeah. Yeah. And then he just kind of turns to her and he's like, "You're back." <laughs> Looks like I gotta make more space in the trunk. Yeah. <laughs> so you survived. I mean, welcome home. <laughs> welcome so you evaded my assassins. Yeah. He's, he's like, What's wrong? I saw your flight landed. By the way, Big doesn't talk like this, but we decided he does. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so he comes back with an enormous black diamond because she's so unique. So the whole point, like she said, she never needed a ring. Turns out, yeah, she did. And. He's the kind of douchebag whereby he's like, oh, I fucked up, I bought the wrong present. And he'd go out and buy whatever she wanted and go, there it is, problem solved, because money solves the problems. Mm. 
And she goes, yeah. That I does guess, solve the problems. I guess it does Wait, solve problems. Money does solve all of our problems. Yeah, and I guess That's you were the right. That's we've learned. Mm. The wrong fucking lesson, Sex in the City. Yup. Mexican water is dirty and money <laughs> solves all of our problems. Christ. Uh, the conclusions are trite. Charlotte's nanny is a lesbian. So that's fine. It's fine. Yeah. That's that's how that works. Yes. Because it doesn't matter. Like, it's such a fucking... I got so angry over this because it's mm. it's so... Like, the problem surely is that you're worried your husband might cheat. Not that this specific woman is in your life. It's like, oh, she's yeah. a lesbian. Problem solved. Because my husband is so stupid, he can only flirt with women who come, who are regularly within five feet of him. Yes. Also, bisexual people exist, you yes. fucking idiots. But also the fact that at no point, that, I mean, obviously at one point she's doing this silly fucking cartwheel jiggly nonsense and all the men are going, oh my God. Because mm. not, not, not condoning it. It's like, yeah, she's kind of flopping all over. So, so hideously unaware. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, sure, do what you like. But it's also like, this feels unusual. I feel like everybody attending this thing would be like, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah, she, has she too been kicked by a horse? What's going yeah. on here? <laughs> this rogue horse. Yeah. Oh, off the characters. Off the yeah. people. Because as kicked uh, by a horse. Aside from that moment. Another tie back to Paul Blart. Uh, yeah. Aside from that moment, there is never any indication that Harry is thinking of cheating. No. Is attracted to her. No. He, he never says anything about that. No. no. It's he very barely projected. looks at her. When her tits are like five inches from his face and covered in water. He's playing yeah. with his kid in He's the just looking at his kid and yeah. being a great dad like, and a oh, cool dude. showers all over the place. He's just like, yeah. It's, it's, it's just such a really like, huh, weird. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, Miranda gets a new job. Wasn't really a conflict, but no, she's back. She's got a new job. She made it to the thing earlier where her, her son didn't see stuff. Yeah, uh, so never make it to the thing. Well, I'm here now. I'm here now. I, I, I hope the science project gets him win first place prize for his rat maze. Yeah. Um. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, but you've got a new job. So guess what? You're not going to be attending anymore. Um. <laughs> and then Samantha has sex on a beach. Yep. The with, end. The, with on, the Aussie slash Dane. With the Aussie. With oh the, yeah, the Dane dude rails are on a fucking hood of a car. Yeah. yeah. Uh. With on the fourth of July, despite we've seen a calendar saying it was August earlier, so either they go back in time or they wait. Nine months, yeah. Yeah, to have sex. Which maybe they did. But <sighs> maybe a, they did. It's a weird to flash forward 10 months into the future to then... Because it's fucking 4th of July. Yeah, apparently. but as we've previously covered, these films have very loose yeah. connection to the sense of time. Oh, and obviously Stanford and... I'm not kidding. Anthony Stanford don't appear again. Yeah. They don't matter. Nothing matters. Aiden doesn't matter. No, he's not brought up again. No. Nothing means Nothing anything. Matters. It's a terrible movie. It's such a slap in the face to anyone who likes the characters. It's... Uh, a hideous fucking Abbott and Costello bullshit. Uh, it's backward. The fashion isn't that good, which is saying something. It's one of the things that this thing can literally, for like a better word, lay its hat on. It's like, you know what? At least the clothes were good. It's yeah. Like, nope. <laughs> it's all quite meh. Yeah. Um, the one thing I did miss off is right at the start, they introduced how they all met in the 80s and they don't really do a good job of that either. They just say, we happen to be here in 86. No. It's, well, it's, they... Because it's something that's never touched on in the show. Their, their early lives are left quite mysterious. They don't cover their like families growing Correct. up. All that kind of stuff is left quite ambiguous. It's just focused on the here and now. So it's interesting to see those characters when they're young. Obviously, having them all play young versions of themselves is a little bit like, hmm. But I can also... It's a chance to be an 80s Atari and go, ooh, yes, silly hair. exactly. However, they also fuck up and don't pay attention to the stuff that has been established in the show. Again, Despite the fact these are the same people who worked yeah. on the show all the years, 
and yet they can't be bothered to go back and go, wait, didn't uh, didn't Charlotte meet them quite recently because she wasn't aware of this thing in in these episodes and this yeah. other thing? Uh, it's like, no, she met them. She's the first friend that Carrie meets. Yeah, for fuck's sake. Yep. Um, so it's a very bad and offensive film. And as I say, it, it, it gets degrees of worse. If you're watching this as a, it's a complete introduction to this whole world, it's like, this is really stupid. If you're watching it and seeing, I have actual sensibilities for other cultures and other people, this is offensive. Mm-hmm. And if you like the characters, on top of all that, it's like, this doesn't feel like the same show. It's no. a meat puppets who are being, you know, puppeteer yeah. around saying, I'm Carrie, honest. It's like, well, you yeah. are a piece of shit, but also, no. And for a significant chunk of time, this was the finale of this series that had had quite a big cultural impact for especially a decade yeah like this was where it ended up and that is to people who did enjoy that that is such a slap in the face to have yeah. this as the final word it, it basically killed the franchise yeah yeah until it resurrected itself with something uh, just as bad yeah tim i don't know what you're gonna do good luck tim bring burger back and make him all right <laughs> Re- jack burger's revenge yep Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you are stuck in a dinner rut? With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all those trips to the grocery store. And count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table. In 30 minutes or less. (laughs) With, a, with, Fuck you, Tim. <laughs> with over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there is something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. There are some great recipes on the, uh, that you can get through the HelloFresh service. I had a look at some of the things that were available. There was uh, some, some things that leapt out to me. Blue cheese, cauliflower mac and cheese with sriracha drizzle. Oh, yes, please. There's a sriracha like crisis at the minute. There is a sriracha crisis at the moment. Yeah, they like stopped production for a while because okay. of climate change. Carry on. Yeah. Uh, prawn and tomato risotto with leeks, cheese, and parsley. I do like a nice risotto. Some, some, yep. There's no risotto uh, crisis. Working. And uh, if you're, if you're uh, a vegan, uh, a recipe for you, Sri Lankan sweet potato and green bean curry. That sounds nice. That does sound nice. Sam would wear it on her face. That sounds good. All of these are available mm. through HelloFresh. Go to the link in our show notes and you can get 50% off your first box and then 35% off your next three boxes. So that's the link in our show notes for 50% off your first box and then 35% off your next three boxes. A deal that keeps on giving. HelloFresh, the number one meal kit. This episode is also sponsored by Audible the premier audio service with a massive library of audio content for your listening delight. There are audiobooks, there are podcasts, there's guided fitness and meditation, there's cookbooks and life non-fiction health instructional stuff. Basically, anything you can put in your ears and enjoy, you can find on Audible, including, we'd like to give you a recommendation, several books by Candice Bushnell, author of Sex and the City, mm-hmm. uh, including uh, one of her more recent works, One Fifth Avenue, a, uh, a wonderfully witty novel uh, that tells the stories of five women living in Manhattan's swankiest apartment building with characters named stuff like Schiffer Diamond. 
and I'd shift for a diamond. Oh. Uh, and Nini. I'd Nini. <laughs> you can get that or any other audiobook of your choice for free, plus a free 30-day membership to Audible by going to audibletrial.com slash sequel and signing up. Let them know that the sequelizers have sent you and claim your free audiobook, which, I'll be honest, even if you finish your membership after those free 30 days, you get to keep that audiobook. So you might as well do it. So that's audibletrial.com slash sequel. So we should probably fix this film, right? We should absolutely fix this film. But before we do that, let's do what we always do and take a look at the Rotten Tomatoes. (sighs) I'm worried about this one. Like I said, I don't like either of these films. They're both bad films. But two is much worse. My worry is that enough people, as I said earlier... It changed my life. Not even that. Either don't find the offensive bits offensive because they're not bleeding heart liberals like us three or it's just carrying the girls that's it like it's that i love sex in the city sure sure but i like your theory Mm. matt of like Mm -hmm. hardcore fans hate this because it betrays the characters and all that kind of stuff as well so yeah there's a a twist to it there as well as potential i not to give you any hints as well matthew but here's my my thinking Mm. i'm worried the second one is going to be high okay like i think it should be Fucking nothing. I'm worried it's going to be like a reasonable score. Are you worried it's be higher than Blade, Blade 2? Blade 2, yeah. Which is 57%. Classic, classic Jack shame. Well, I guess we'll start with the first one, right? Let's start with the first one. Jack, what are you thinking? Enough people will think it's a 6 out of 10 movie. Because bear in mind, that's what Rotten Tomatoes is, folks. If you're yes. your first time listening to sequelizers, or your first time paying attention to Rotten Tomatoes, that's the correct way of doing it, by the way. It's a nonsense metric that barely makes any sense. It's yes. often objectively wrong, but we find it funny. So yeah, it's a, it's this rough guy looking out the window and think, uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to rain. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's sunny now. Why would it be rainy later? Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. It's the percentage of reviews that are 6 out of 10, 60%, 3 out of 5, whatever the yes. equivalent is. By some metric deemed positive. Positive reviews. Sometimes yes. there are things that are 3 out of 5 that are a, a big old tomato. And a big old splat, and other times you're like, how? <laughs> anyway. So, Jack, the first Sex in the City film, 2008, what do you think? 65%. Matthew. I'm going to be really basic on this, because, uh, you know, it's this kind of show. Uh, I'm going to say half the people watching it loved it, and half were outraged by the first film. Like, or not outraged, mm-hmm. but disappointed, shall we say. Like, this is it. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to say literally 50. No. Mm-hmm. 51. Okay. No reason to do that. Doesn't make any difference in theory because your price is writing me. Not really. Not really. Yeah. So (laughs) so, I'm going to say 51. Yeah. Why not? Fair enough. Okay. Matt, the second one. Yeah. It's got to be a drop off. I remember watching this film in a cinema on opening weekend in America? In Britain. Oh, my God. With clearly off 60 fans. And I remember feeling the wave of vitriol and disappointment from people watching. Now, to be fair, that's not necessarily just critics. That's obviously the public. But I remember the reviews being bad. I mean, like, nobody had given it above a two sort of thing. Yeah, so... I've heard Mark Kerbo's reviews. Yeah. It's not kind. <laughs> I'm, I, I will go into some summaries yes, of reviews him. later. Yeah. Can't wait. Have we got, what was that? Um, Like, consensus review, that Christian one? 
that I found oh, through the Mean Girls yeah. thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, I, I, I you imagine. Um, I'm going to say... T- it's fine. They hate the Muslims. It's like, oh, God. Ten? ten. No, uh, ten. 15. I have to stick to my guns. I think it's going to be too high. 11. Okay. 50% drop off in my prediction. There is a winner. And it's Matt. Oh, God. I don't know if that's good or bad. It remarkably close. Oh, but not really? perfect. Oh. Sex and the City won. Matt, you said 51. I did. Jack, you said 65. I did. 49%. damn. On Rotten Tomatoes based not bad. on 183 critics' reviews. What's the... Uh, do you have, sorry, the uh, the public's... I do have the, the audience scores. That's going to be higher. 77%. Yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. not good, not bad. Yeah, based on more than 250,000 reviews. So yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Like, that's a general... I think that's what it tops good, out at. Maximum. So, yes, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm, I'm mm. thinking more public-y. Well, yeah. 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 So they they Taking they wrong approach. public public estimated about thirty percent higher than the uh, the critics, mm. which is a pattern that continues oh. into Sex and the City two. So was it eleven and fifteen? Ten and eleven. Wasn't it? Matt, you said fifteen. Jack, you oh, said so eleven. Oh, I see. Sorry. Mm. The actual score was sixteen wow. percent. Uh, well done, Matt. Based on two hundred nineteen reviews. That's a lot of reviews. So that's a lot of reviews. And the Jesus. audience, forty three percent. Still bad. Similar, similar drop off, yeah. but still significantly Import- higher than the critics. Lower than Blade Two on both occasions. Absolutely. Exactly. Thank Allah for that. Yeah, that was uh, ultimately. I think I mostly agree with that. I except the fact the first one, the second one is an egg. It's entirely a zero. And yeah, about again, I said half the fans would be like, "Yeah, I thought it was okay," and half the fans saying, "Yeah, you were right." Yeah, yeah, but still. The arsehole was right again, everybody. <laughs> That's the lesson we learn. Um, I'm Big just going right to... Uh, so this is just from the Wikipedia reception category uh, on this film. I'm not just, ready. Uh, I'm not ready. Cover a few of the opinions on this. I'm, I'm, I'm poised. Uh, Andrew O'Hagan of the London Evening Standard wrote that the film could be the most stupid, the most racist, the most polluting and woman-hating film of the year. Fair. Our Prime Minister. Uh, Sorry, girl. <laughs> Uh, Roger Ebert gave the Uh-oh. film one star out of four, oh. wrote that the characters are flyweight bubbleheads mm-hmm. and the visual style was arthritic. That's fair. Yeah. Fair, Ebert, fair. Uh, Toronto academic Mitu Sengupta said the film exploited women's and gay rights and pitifully turned them into badges of national honour and smug patriotic pride. Agreed. Mm. She wrote, What's really worrying about Sex and the City 2 is not its orientalism or crass materialism, but how easily this seemingly benign bubblegum flick ends up fighting a very macho war of global one-upmanship on the bodies of women and gay men. Wow. Mm. Uh, Mark Commode, who famously has a rant about it on his radio show with Simon Mayo, uh, declared it the worst film of 2010, saying he could think of nothing more poisonous, more repugnant, more repulsive, more retrograde, or more depressing than Sex and the City 2. And Lindy West... Uh, wrote a noted review of the film saying that Sex and the City 2 takes everything I hold dear as a woman and as a human, working hard, 
contributing to society, not being an entitled cunt like it's my job, and <laughs> rapes it to death with a stiletto that costs more than my car. Oh my god. <laughs> it is 146 minutes long, which means I entered the theatre in the bloom of youth and emerged with a family of field mice living in my long white moustache. This is entirely <laughs> inappropriate length for what is essentially a home video of gay men playing with giant Barbie dolls. That's Holy the best shit. review I think I've ever heard. So yeah, the reviews weren't kind. No, fuck no. Sex and the City 2, nor should they have been. <laughs> fuck me. God damn. So, uh, so now I'm going to fix it. Good luck, Tim. I mean, no, fuck that. Tim, you could pull out anything, it'd be fine. Yeah. Just I mean, that, don't wade into weird politics and everything else. Just don't offend us, Tim. So, yeah. There is there's an elephant in the room that we haven't really touched on yet. We've only mentioned in passing. Speaking of touching on things. Uh, which is Chris Noth. Yeah. Mm. Who obviously stars as Mr. Big mm. uh, and starred in the in the first episode of the follow up series, um, and just like that, uh, they kill off the character, which they were going to do anyway. I think a couple of weeks after it aired, or maybe before it aired, but when they had already made the episodes, it came out that he had been accused a lot of, of sexual assault, sexual assault, came out. Yep. and stuff like that. And these were all fairly recent, like last year, maybe yeah. the year before. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, you get those things. We're in the Me Too era. There's a lot of allegations going around. There were a lot of allegations against Chris North. Yep. Not like one person in some personal vendetta or separate people calling him out. Yeah. Kind of undeniable at that point. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I I should start by saying... You killed Chris North in real <laughs> life. In, in real life, I have murdered him. We had this with the X-Men The Last Stand. Yeah. And Tim covered as well. And it was the whole, like... So I have to bring back Brian Singer because he's the guy who's the the most logical choice. But also, I'm not doing that right. because I can't do that. Yeah. It, it's it's this is the nature yeah. where our fantasy yeah. of like oh it cast anybody like mm. then it hits a wall of reality of like hang on. We've touched on this a few times before, haven't we? The difficulty with us, mm. we're going back into the past in many ways. Sometimes we go to the future, but usually we go back into the past when we talk about like oh yeah, um, I'll bring Kevin Spacey onto this project because. We didn't know he was a monster mm. then, so it's fine. It's like, I'm not comfortable with that. Mm. I think the three of us agree we try not to do that in general mm. for obviously, obvious reasons. Mm. Obviously, uh, at time of recording, because in the future, I'm sure yeah. we'll listen to episode of the episode like praising someone who's a piece of shit going, best actor ever. Mm. I did that in uh, the Star Trek pitch at the beginning oh, of the did, season. Yeah. I named a character after an actor, uh, Joseph Gatt, I think. His surname's Gatt, anyway. Mm. Who played the cyborgy guy in Star Trek Into Darkness with the turbine in the back of his head? Turns out he's a piece of shit. And I was mm. like, brilliant. That happened six days after I wrote my fucking pitch. And we, well, when the recording I came out, it, yeah. I was like, fuck's sake. Yeah. I did it as like, oh, cool little in joke to the guy I read a comic about. And it's like, fuck's sake. Admittedly, we can't know these things. So, uh, mm. but this different, because Tim does know these things. So, what's, what's your, uh, so, what's your yeah. solution? Kill I... him dead, Tim. I had a lot. So basically, I felt like my options were I either do a Sex in the City film around the time that Sex in the City 2 came out anyway, or I do one basically contemporary, kind of almost like replacing and just like that. Yeah, sure. That makes sense. I'd be the same boat. And either way, Chris North is going to be in it, a presence in it at least. If I do it more contemporarily, then obviously those things are we are aware of them uh -huh. um and that changes the production and and everything i ended up going for 
a film closer to when the original was released. I have my film coming out in 2012. Cool. Okay. I strongly considered killing off Big, but I didn't do it in the end. So Chris Noth is in this film. And if, you know, if you're listening and you're like, I don't want to <laughs> listen to that anymore, I completely understand that. It was, I... Yeah, I get that. I, I strongly considered, like I say, killing him off. In the end, I couldn't find a way to do it properly, basically. It felt a little too cruel. In the fiction of the show, it felt too cruel to the character of Carrie to have got this, like, fairy... T- not proper fairy tale ending, but, like, have the big wedding as the movie and then within a few years, like, with the distance of, uh, of the series... Killing him off in the first episode, a I decade think works and a bit fine. is fine. Yeah. yeah, when it's like two He's or three also years later, a million years old. <laughs> yes, yeah, that that is the decision. I'm not a hundred percent comfortable with it, but it is where I ended up landing on it. I, I think it's a fair reality. I think it, we again, the way we do this show, it's a pure fantasy league thing. We talk about oh, it would be nice if this. We are acknowledging that we're not actively bringing someone into the situation who wasn't already there, who wasn't mm. already. We are acknowledging he is a piece of shit now. We know these things now. We are talking about characters. Now, to be fair, one could argue, well, what if this came out a lot earlier? And it's not actually Chris North. We do, and I know this is not a direct comparison. Uh, actually, no, here's a direct comparison. We do a, let's get Keegan-Michael Key in to replace the dude from Niles Barkley in Hotel Transylvania because <laughs> he went to prison. For, or- I want to say... Eating someone? Tignataro for Chris D'Elia in yep. Army of the Dead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the whole, like, why are you changing the spell? It's like, because bad things happened. Yeah. So it could be like a recast. It's just a, the character is the person they're talking about, I think, more than the, the act, possibly. Yeah. I don't know. But he, the point is that this is a fantasy thing. Yeah. We acknowledge it. We know he's a bad person. Mm-hmm. We're not actively endorsing anything, obviously. I think everyone knows yeah. that. Yeah. I think you're, for, for want of a better phrase, your hands are mostly tied here. If it had been like Eigenberg who plays Steve mm. you can kill off Steve. snip snip yeah you can kill off fucking Smith you can kill off any of the other love interests mm. or husbands or whatever and kind of point of that phrase get away with it as part mm. of that thing but launching the second film with like and Carrie attends Big's funeral it'd be yeah. like oh that, that wouldn't go down well with fans at the time and yeah. it would feel odd yeah I must admit this is us coming in retroactively and not Writing mm. as if, you're writing it as if it was a film in 2012. Yeah, and granted yeah, yeah, yeah. that doesn't stop him from being a monster in 2012, and that's no. a whole different conversation. But it's a, it would feel very weird because he is the central plot of the last at this point. If you're in 2012, 14 years of these characters' mm. lives to get to this point, and then just be like, bang, and it's done. And like, do you bring back Aiden? Like, mm. do you bring Jack Berger or fucking whoever else? People like no, don't not know. Alexander. No. Mm. Alex, definitely not Alexander. No, nobody wants another him piece back. of no. shit. How the fuck would you? Yeah, I. Yeah, I, horrible place to be in, Tim. I don't yeah. envy you. I also think that, and I think this is one of the reasons why, and just like that, has been pretty poorly received, is that it it deals with Carrie like mourning, and also a bunch of other like more contemporary issues that are more serious. And like when the film tries to deal with the Middle East this series is just kind of fundamentally unequipped to deal with those more serious topics. Sure. And so trying to have this combine this idea of like, oh, it's this big escapist fantasy and it's all aspirational and they get to wear amazing designer dresses and or whatever, designer outfits. Oh, and also it's all about death. 
is a very hard needle to thread, uh, which I did not feel I was up to the task of that. Another complicating factor is the fact that one of the reasons that Kim Cattrall does not come back for and just like that is because she didn't like the idea of Big being killed off back when it was in development. Mm. Yes. Um, obviously, she may have shifted her opinion mm. on that since you know certain things have come to light, but mm. that is like one of the reasons she didn't want to do that series is because she didn't like those plot developments. Yeah. So if I bring them into a film, then suddenly... You're introducing that yeah. Very real... Yeah, and, and Tim, I absolutely see where you're coming from, but yeah. 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 So with that in mind, with yeah. that in mind, um, it is an imperfect solution, but I don't think there were any perfect solutions to this. No, fair. I'm sticking with the title Sex and the City 2. Fine. I don't. Yeah, I, I they, you could have got I mean, this one could have, you know, the actual film could have been called like Sex and the City Dubai Adventure or something or Ab- mm. Abu Dhabi do. Um, oh, fuck off. <laughs> um, but I think Sex and the City and all the rest. Yeah, I think for the most part, simplicity wins out here. Sure. Director, I am not going with Michael Patrick King. Very interesting. Seems like a wise choice at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Anywhere else I'd be like, really? But there's Mm. like, yeah, yeah, I get it. I'm going with Nicole Holofcina. That is a very good shout out. She is a director who had previously worked on Sex and the City. I think she directed about eight episodes of it, which obviously is a significant chunk of it. She's in the family. Yeah. Run. Uh, she'd also directed Friends with Money, which is basically Sex and the City, but more interesting. <laughs> um, as, a, as a feature film, she did Please Give, which was another. She tends to do these films for the most part that are dealing with, again, it's this kind of upper crust of New York, but with a much more realistic approach to it. The film mm-hmm. I've seen of hers is Enough Said with yes. James Gandolfini and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yeah, yes. which was the last film he His did. His last film. Yeah, yeah just yes. before he died. Yeah. yeah. Um, she also did The Land of Steady Habits, which I think was a Netflix film that came out a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's a director that the bits I've seen, I've seen Please Give and I've seen Friends with Money. She, she also wrote Can You Ever Forgive Me? Yes. With Liz mm. McCarthy. Yeah. And, and The Last Duel. Yeah. <laughs> weirdly, with... Uh, really? I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, with that. Affleck wow. and Damon. She yeah. co-wrote it with them. Bloody hell. Yeah, wow. and that's one of the reasons why genuinely love the last duel so i've seen because those three together working together are yeah phenomenal scripting i've seen a film she's written and a film she's directed yeah yeah, yeah. There you go. it's a good, um, it's a good both show. very also, good by the way she's a, um she learned under scorsese yeah oh, really yeah, yeah she was she was taught by him at like new york film school or columbia cool. or something like that basically she's a good goddamn filmmaker yeah so um, immediately i have infinite confidence yeah. in this movie <laughs> something like hello this is yeah interesting. uh yeah i think Obviously, Michael Patrick King is someone who would still be a producer and would probably have writing credits on this. The president because he's there. so involved. But I saw I, I was like, who else has directed Sex and City episodes? And I saw her name and I was like, oh, okay, an, yeah, an actual fucking film yeah, director. That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. You have that issue where translating from TV to film, you're like, we'll bring in Alan Taylor. You're yeah. Like, who has oh. also directed Sex and the City episodes? Uh, yeah, I know. I was like. He's why do H- I know that? Oh, I know that name. He's an uh, HBO guy. That's yeah. why. And I was like, oh, oh no, no, no. But yeah, yeah proven track record of making good, interesting films mm. outside of Sex and City, but also has yeah. the Sex and City ties. Yep. Fucking fantastic choice, Tim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Returning cast. Of course, most of the people are coming back. The girls. The girls. So we have Carrie Bradshaw, played by Sarah Jessica Parker. Here come the girls. Samantha Jones, played by Kim Cattrall. Charlotte Goldenblatt, played by Kristen Davis. Miranda Hobbs, played by Cynthia Nixon. We also, unfortunately, have Mr. Big by Chris North. 
Steve Brady, David Eigenberg, Harry Goldenblatt, Evan Handler. Uh, we have Stanford Blatch coming back, played by the the late Willie Garson, um, who recently oh, died yeah, as well. Of yeah. Uh Magda, who is Miranda's um nanny maid, whatever. Yep. Uh played by Lynn Cohen. She wears rich. a bra. Yeah. And uh Anthony Marantino, played by Mario Cotone. Or Cotone. I'm not sure, sure which. Sure, sure. So basically Cotone. the standard cast of That's your Saxon City stuff going on right now. Yeah. Yep. New cast. Oh, here we go. As Aidan Shaw, John Corbett. Oh, hello. Who had obviously previously played Aidan Aiden Shaw, Shaw in Sex yeah. and the City. He was also Ian in My Big Fat Greek Wedding. He was the love interest in that. That's pretty much um, his career. And yeah, kind of <laughs> pretty much was in Street Kings as well as Dante. Uh, after this, he goes on to be uh, Seth Holt in the Parenthood TV show, which is one of those ones that I think only I remember. Uh, he's also uh, um, the dad in... To all the boys I've loved before, and the sequels oh, to that. Oh, interesting! He, that's what he's been doing more recently. Uh, as CB Romero, I have Wilson Cruz, uh, best known around this time. Oh, of course, yes. As yes. being Ricky Vasquez in My So Called Life on TV. Uh, he was Angel in Party Monster, the weird Macaulay Culkin film. Yep. Uh, and had a small role as Nathan in He's Just Not That Into You, which mm-hmm. is very similar to the Sex and City films. Better known now as uh, he's in 13 Reasons Why as Dennis Vasquez, and he's Dr. Hugh Culber in Star Trek Discovery. He's fucking great in Discovery. He is great yeah. in Discovery, yeah. Super ripped as well. <laughs> <laughs> Mega ripped. I first saw him in Oliver Stone's Nixon. Yes. Oh, yeah. Fucking hell. Carry on. <laughs> uh, as Asher Thompson, I have Colton Haynes. Oh, cool. Mm. Um, So prior to this, he'd been in Teen Wolf as Jackson, goes on to be Roy Harper in the Arrow TV series. Where I know him from. Yeah. yeah. Uh, More recent, in in terms of films, he was in San Andreas, the rock film, uh, as Joby or Jobby. I'm not sure. Have not seen that (laughs) film. It's called fucking Jobby. Yeah. (laughs) Real Jobby. And he's in... Rough Night, the Scarlett Johansson film that was trying to be Girls Trip but wasn't. Yep. Girls Trip uh, is so good and Rough Night is so boring. Uh, as real Scotty. So, <laughs> yeah. Real jobby. Uh, and then finally, as Aldo, or Aldo, Aldo probably, uh, I have John Turturro. Oh, oh, hello. Uh, Barton Fink in Barton Fink. Uh, he's Pete in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? More contemporary to this, he's Agent Simmons in Transformers oh, 1 through oh, 3. Tim. And then after this, he would be in Transformers pissed, The Last Night. Pissed on by a Transformer. Let's get to a good role. Keep going. Keep uh, going. Yes. More recently, he's been Carmine Falcone in yeah. The Batman. Yeah. He's also terrific in Severance, the Apple TV series. I haven't seen it, but I've only oh, heard good things. Uh, as Irving. He is amazing in that. He has a romance with Christopher Walken, and it's very sweet. Brilliant. What? That sounds amazing. I've heard nothing but incredible things about Severance. I have, I know almost nothing about it because I'm fucking Apple. I think it has Adam Scott. I, I, it's the lead best. Guy. That's it, all I know. It's best to go in knowing as very blind little. As possible. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. my plan. Yeah, but I don't do Apple stuff. Yeah, I, I watched it through other means. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I do Apple stuff. I don't do that TV stuff, and yet the TV stuff is getting to the point. Where I'm like, yeah, shit. Yeah. yeah, I've heard. Anyway, I've got friends who do have it, and they're. Like there's several series yeah. on there. They're like fr- lots of people raving about uh, for all mankind, the space show and stuff like that. Mm. So oh, the Ridley Scott one, yeah, yeah, up my alley. At some point, I might have to do the three month trial or dip out of another service and yeah, binge yeah. through everything. Who knows? They've acquire, also got some films on there. Through 
Other means. Other means. Other means. Not not that we condone that. Shifty look. Support your local mega conglomerate. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Support your local trillion dollar corporation. (laughs) Yeah. So that's it. That's that's all my new cast. Cool. Most of them are pretty small roles. Even Aiden is not a huge, huge presence in the film. Obviously, you've already got a big ensemble that you're dealing with. Yeah, exactly. Of note, if those of you who don't know, Wilson Cruz and Colton Haynes are both openly gay Mm -hmm. actors themselves as well. So representation there. Uh, I believe Wilson Cruz is mixed race Afro Puerto Rican as well. So Mm -hmm. representation there as well. Awesome stuff, Tim. I'm intrigued. Yep. And John John Corbett is not Greek. <laughs> no. <laughs> he is white and straight. <laughs> He's a cowboy. <laughs> Which with a mullet. He's a Sam Elliott cowboy. <laughs> yes. In a way. Straight right. as the day is long. Are you are you feeling ready? Never. Nope. Not at all. Okay. <clears throat> Let's see Let's how do it. we go. We open with a voiceover from Carrie, of course. Discussing her greatest love and longest relationship, New York City. Already peak sex in the city. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking love it. We cut from Carrie in modern day New York to similar shots of her arriving in the city in 1984 as a 17-year-old. Peak Tim pitch, he's done the exact same thing. Yes, very (laughs) similar to the opening. Hold on, hold on. Is Sarah Jessica Parker playing a 17-year-old? Yes. Oh. But. I hate it. Who cares? It's fucking. <laughs> it's, it's not for laughs in the it way does, that it doesn't. It do, do, yeah. yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. It's not going to be for long. Hmm. And it's got crimped hair or exactly. whatever. Um, these are followed by her uh, describing her first meetings with Samantha in 1988 when she was bartending at CBGB's, which I've basically maintained from the first. Yeah, uh, yeah. They have in the film, but I've made Samantha the first person she meets. Makes sense. Uh, Miranda, 1992, arguing with a snooty salesperson at Bloomingdale's. And Charlotte in 1995 getting a pedicure in Koreatown, all of them with accompanying flashbacks and contemporary outfits that were, you know, suitable, but also we can oh, point back Swamp and go. Oh, had big hair and stuff. Yeah, look yeah. at what we were wearing then. Oh. Love it. Basically, very similar opening, but done with a nod towards the continuity of the show, which the actual film does not. Yeah, you've adjusted some of the years and the, the exactly. things there, whereas which that does not. Yes. Uh, as we said in the commentary, Carrie delivers her arrival into New York as if it's her date of birth. Yes. <laughs> and it, and yep. which would make her five months younger than Tim. And we were like, wait, what? Do they think Carrie Bradshaw <laughs> is in her 30s here? <laughs> Hold the phone. And they're like, no, no, no. She's a teenager. I'm like, that's not how she said it. <laughs> nope. Dun, 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 dun. Why is the 13-year-old on screen? <laughs> <laughs> Takes a very different tone, very yeah. different sort of series. <laughs> In modern-day New York, the four women assemble for Stanford Blatch's engagement party. Not to Anthony, as I've read ahead. <laughs> Thank Christ. We are introduced to his fiancée, C.B. Romero, a fashion photographer who Carrie had met several times while working for Vogue. Steve and Harry arrive to join the party, along with their kids, and Charlotte and Harry's new nanny, Asher, who Samantha takes an immediate interest in. We quickly catch up with what's going on in their lives. Miranda is overworked at her firm. But she and Steve need the money after he invested in a local bar in Brooklyn. That's a very Steve thing to do. Steve Brady. Steve Brady. (laughs) Bartending. Steve Brady. I love your Steve Brady Pokemon theory. (laughs) It's amazing. Charlotte feels intimidated by the other mothers at Lily's school and Rose's preschool. And his finding motherhood is generally overwhelming. uh, Despite help from Harry and Asher. Relatable. 
to everyone, mostly. Samantha's PR firm is going from strength to strength, and she's hardly ever in New York, spending her time jetting to LA, Europe, and beyond. And beyond. Is that Abu Dhabi? Is it space? It's space. Love it. She's become Jeff Bezos. Sort of. Don't love that. But, <laughs> but I still love it. Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a bold joke in there somewhere, but that's a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> Carrie, who is Stanford's maid of honor, is chatting with him when the pair spot CB and Asher flirting. Uh, is she not best man, Tim? <laughs> best man? As she says 15 times in the opening fucking scene. Carrie wants to confront CB, but Stanford stops her before she can. He explains that he and CB have an understanding and that their love is strong enough to survive the occasional dalliance. At this point, he and Anthony Marantino share a meaningful look and the flustered Anthony accidentally spills his drink over Harry. Again, it's the whole like, we've got our own shit. We figured it out. Don't yeah. worry about it. Not your fucking problem. Nice. Which is how it should have been. <sighs> Carrie tells Stanford that she's arranged a surprise for him. You motherfucker. <laughs> As Liza Minnelli descends a staircase, singing, not single ladies, no, but last dance by Donna Summer. Well done, Tim. But also much more appropriate. Him. Gay as hell. <clears throat> which is appropriate. It's a gay wedding, after all, mm. as, as we learn. Yes. I've attended a gay wedding. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Stanford and all the guests are delighted as Samantha tells Carrie that she owes her one. Uh, that's clever. Following the musical number, Mr. Big arrives, unfortunately, having been held up at the office. It's too busy staring out wistfully, <laughs> thinking about murdering people. <laughs> and he and Carrie have a slightly tense conversation about how long the party is likely to last. Stanford gives a toast, thanking his friend for attending, and tells CB how much he loves him. He describes how he has had partners that felt like making up for the past and all the experiences he couldn't have as a young gay man growing up in a more prejudiced time. Just nuanced and... There's a good place for a platform for that kind of conversation. He has had partners that he had loved in the presence, but they really rarely turned into anything more. CB is the first man he has loved that makes him think about the future and the life they will make together. So basically, it's a really nice, honest, sincere moment, not play for a laugh. It's like, no. And also marks the transition of like getting to the ability of being able to get married. I, I think that's quite significant. Tim. This is touching and actually talking about the thing rather than... It's character on setup. There, sure. there's a yeah. oh, there's an interesting topic over there, but we're going over here now. It's like mm -hmm. yeah, actually, I could talk about this interesting shine. point, or I can make a shit joke. Yeah. Mm. yeah. After the party ends, Carrie and Big return to their apartment and discuss their plans for the next few weeks, realizing that between Big's business commitments and Carrie's social calendar, they have only a few evenings when they're both free. Big suggests that they can stay in and he can cook, but Carrie is keen to spend time out together. The pair eventually decide to sort out their arrangements later. As they retire to bed, Carrie's voiceover thinks back to Stanford's toast and worries what her future with Big will look like. That again, peak Carrie. Yeah. I, know I could hear her fucking asking that yep. stupid fucking question. Yep. I've just gone to a wedding. I'm really happy with my friends, but all I'm thinking about is myself. Mm -hmm. Fuck you, Carrie. Ready to hit peak sex in the city? <laughs> Samantha fucks herself in the middle of a restaurant. <laughs> Everyone goes, oh, Samantha. At lunch with the girls later that week, Carrie begins to voice her concerns. That basically summarizes the last 14 <laughs> years yep. of this entire show. But is interrupted when Samantha gets a phone call from a client in Germany, leading to a loud argument. Miranda has to leave. I'm, I'm picturing Kim Cattrall shouting in German being oh, quite yeah. amusing. Yep, I agree. Yeah. Like bad German. Yeah. And German is a, like a, a loud, scary language yes. when shouted anyway. German with her kind of very New Yorker accent. Yes, definitely. 
Miranda has to leave due to a case she's working on, and Charlotte also excuses herself to meet Rose from daycare, as she's trying to minimise the number of times Samantha gets to meet Ash. <laughs> That's fair. She's mm. terrifying. While Carrie consoles herself by going shopping with Stanford, Samantha finishes her call only to discover the rest of the women have all left. <laughs> Very sexist. Yep. Elsewhere, we see Miranda arriving back at work, where she overhears about her firm landing a new client who is planning to redevelop a large chunk of Brooklyn. And there are some comedy hijinks of Charlotte dealing with her two kids. Do they get handprints on vintage skirts? No, nothing that stupid, uh, hideously privileged. <laughs> uh, a little bit more relatable. Mm. Um, I and I, I don't think Asher. Uh, is going to be quite as a super nanny as no the as Erin. The was, kids are despite... playing with her bag and empty the contents in the toilet. She's like, ah, fuck, yeah. and they fish it out. Yeah, that's true. Something like that. Yeah, it's Charlotte. I couldn't oh. be bothered to write her a good subplot. <laughs> Fucker. Right after a shopping montage, Carrie and Stanford have dinner, but during dessert, he reveals that he and CB are planning to move to Rockville Center outside of New York City to open a boutique hotel. Stanford tries to tell her that he'll only be an hour away, but Carrie is distraught at the thought of losing one of her best friends. She's also very selfish because she's thinking to herself classically, Manaza, New York! Oh, I yeah. have to slightly go out of my way to see another person. Yeah, it's the Brooklyn thing over again. Fair. Yeah. She returns to her, sorry, she returns to her and Big's apartment only to find he has fallen asleep on the couch watching TV because he old. <laughs> <laughs> that was the moment to kill him off, Tim. <laughs> Jesus. Yep. And so she sits on their fire escape Staring out over the Manhattan skyline. Awkward voiceovers. Yeah. Mm. I thought to myself, would I die on the couch like this? <laughs> what happens if he dies right now? What she happens if he doesn't wake him. up? And just like Grab that, I decided to smother him with a pillow. pillow. <laughs> you beat me to it by two seconds. <laughs> Elsewhere in the city, Charlotte tries to talk to Harry about feeling overwhelmed, but they keep getting interrupted by the girls. Samantha has a date with a young hunk, but is so exhausted from her busy schedule that she keeps falling asleep mid-sex. And Miranda learns from Steve that his bar is one of the properties that the Brooklyn developer is looking to acquire and demolish. Ooh. Steve Brady. Steve Brady. Or Steve. The next day, Carrie and Big have a rare day off together, and Carrie fills their schedule with romantic activities to make the most of it. But Big is reluctant, wanting to spend time at home together and relax. Tension builds over the course of the day, and then an argument erupts during dinner at a pretentious restaurant. Brilliant. Of course it does. Gonna be gonna be one of those like molecular gastronomy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tiny nonsense big, meals that you're still just hungry. being like, I just want a steak. Can we just go get some pasta? Oh, Fuck off. Carrie claims that the romance and excitement has completely left their relationship, while Big argues that they are both tired from their busy schedules and he simply wants to stay home. Carrie asks him how he pictures their future together. And Big says he always imagined them moving out to Connecticut at some point, which is the final straw for Carrie, because God forbid you leave New York City. Yeah, yeah she, she arrived once and she refused to leave. Yeah. yeah. She's not Charlotte, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie storms out and attempts to call her friends, but they're all busy with their lives and can't answer. Fucking crisis. Carrie sits in a rundown diner in a fancy gown and stro <laughs> That's, again, very sex and see. And scrolls through an app that closely resembles, but is legally distinct from Instagram. I believe that's called Be Real. Fashmagram. For fascists. Unless we can get the deal, in which case, it's just Instagram. I think Sex and the City probably can get this. HBO and Warner Brothers, they'll be able to pay for it. So yeah, let's say it's Instagram. Yeah. 
She sees images of various friends and acquaintances enjoying life and experiencing amazing things, eventually stopping to linger on a picture of Aidan Shaw, who is on holiday in Rome. Oh. Oh. I did I did do some Googling to check when Instagram came no, out. No, 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 that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Carrie returns to her old apartment, grabs some clothes, and hails a cab to the airport. Big attempts to call her several times, and she eventually answers, telling him that she needs some space and she'll be back in a few days. She arrives at JFK Airport and departs for Rome. Trash airport. Arriving in Rome, her cab driver tells her that he will take her to his cousin's hotel, the finest in the city, which turns out to be a bit of a dump. Mm. Jet-lagged and starting to freak out, she books in anyway and falls asleep in the middle of the morning. Carrie awakens in the evening and starts to freak out on what she's done and the surroundings she's found herself in. She calls Samantha, who overcomes her shock quickly, and arranges for Carrie to transfer to a hotel she's done PR for work in the past. Stuck in her current hotel for one more night, Carrie heads out into Rome, enjoying the nightlife the city has to offer. I like that so far it's it's following a logical pace, but also feels like you've you're correcting the previous film. A lot of course correction of like Yeah, yeah it's the take sure. the bones and make this actually yep. a thing. So, it yeah, out. I appreciate that. Through some social media snooping that her own voiceover chastises her for. <laughs> nice. Carrie manages to track down Aiden. But when she sees him, she realizes that he's on holiday with his family. Ugh. Because we didn't establish this in the previous thing. He's got three kids. Mm-hmm. Does he still have three and kids? A wife. Yes. Wife and three kids. There you go. So nothing yeah. has changed. In in the series, they establish that he has a wife and one kid. Right. And then yeah. in the film, they add another couple. Yeah. She tries to avoid it. I like that she's on his Instagram, sees that and goes, I'm going to go to him and thinks two or three more pictures just in case there's a family yeah. <laughs> that's a very carry thing to assume that he's just going to be ready waiting and available for her and just carry like, oh, piece of shit is a narcissist very much so she tries to avoid being noticed by him but an encounter with an aggressive juggler <laughs> <laughs> right um new subtitle <laughs> sex, sex in the city two colon an encounter with an aggressive juggler I can absolutely <laughs> confirm that Rome is Full of aggressive jugglers. Absolutely wrong with tourist traps like that of aggressive fuckers just like saying, ah, no, my friend, I need 20 euro for this photograph. And you're like, shit. (laughs) So an aggressive juggler feels like a fucking home in Rome. Uh, Anyway, so yeah, an aggressive juggler uh, leads to him seeing her and heading over to talk. He introduces his wife, Kathy, and his three sons, Tate, Peter, and Ben. Makes sense. Are that's the actual names, I think, or is that just you named them uh, perfectly? Tate is the one who is Tate's one I knew about. Who's established yeah. and then previous in the series, and then Peter and Ben. I just came up with mm. Hank My, and Bud. I'd say. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's something a little bit more rustic in the film. Yeah, I named them after I was stuck with the name Tate. I decided to name them after actors who played men male roles in the OC. <laughs> wow, because that's how my brain that's how your works. Brain works. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. After some brief niceties, Kathy takes the kids uh, back to the hotel to give Aiden and Carrie time to catch up. That is incredibly benevolent of this woman. Uh, <laughs> there are two types of, of partner. One is like, you guys should have some time to catch up and be adults and human. And other partners are like, uh, well, we're going to go now. Yeah. The fuck are you doing here? I, yeah, um, we are going to go now. Us as a family. With my we're children leaving. and my husband. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I but, did. I didn't yeah, cast I her because she's a very minor role in the end. But I, I was thinking uh, maybe Ashley Judd. Oh, okay, that makes complete oh, yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a good shout actually. Yeah, because it's the classic like Carrie's a blonde to so cast a brunette. Mm-hmm. I, I like the idea of casting someone really famous. Like we have Penelope Cruz in the second film. Yeah, we didn't even oh, touch on yeah. that. She Penelope shows up for Cruz. one scene like, to flirt with Big. 
Yeah. His wife is Beyonce for some reason. Mm. She's in it for eight seconds and she's uh... off. She's back to Goldfinger. <laughs> I did. I did. Years I did think about making it a woman of color, and I was just like, I can't see Aiden ending <laughs> up with. You're dealing with shitty people here, Tim. Yeah. Uh, Aiden probes Carrie about what she is doing in Rome, and after some evasion, she comes clean about her fight with Big and fleeing to Rome after seeing his pictures. Aiden asks if she's happy with Big, and she says that she is, but she's worried that they have different things they want in life. Aiden advises her that marriage is about compromise and finding a way to make your visions of the future work together. Quote me from like an hour ago. <laughs> and that the reason he and her never worked out was because they wanted fundamentally different things. Holy fuckballs. Just, just literally just People laying out People talking this, about conversations. Yeah. This is the problem. No ambiguity. There is the answer. <laughs> now, there is a path here where it goes sex in the city and Carrie goes, yeah, but, and doesn't listen. Or Tim makes an actually good story. So <laughs> either way it works. So we'll see what happens. When Carrie retorts that it's easy for him to say with his perfect wife and family. There we go. Such a Carrie <laughs> move. Fuck me. Aiden tells her that reality is far from what she glimpses on a social media feed and that he and Kathy fight and hurt each other and have been to marriage counselling. But they put in the work because they love each other. Like human beings do. I'm adding this bit. Like human <laughs> beings, like normal fucking couples do. There's ups and downs. Carrie, you fucking Come weirdo. on, Carrie. People just, you know, get on with it. Everybody fights. I can hear, I can hear that yeah. fucking, yeah, drawl. Carrie says that she's not sure if Big is willing to do that, and Aiden asks if she is. Question hangs in the air. Oh, no. In that quiet moment in the cinema, I shout, No! Aiden <laughs> <laughs> Yeager. Right. Carrie and Aiden go their separate ways, and she returns to a shitty hotel. She probably mopes about it. Mm -hmm. The next day, she spends time exploring the city, aided by a different, nicer cab driver called Aldo, who looks after her luggage and recommends spots off the beaten path for her. Eventually, she heads to the hotel that Samantha has booked for her, which is extremely luxurious and glamorous, and looks like it's actually $22,000 a night. <laughs> yeah. And you think, fuck me, Rome's got a lot to offer. When she is shown to her suite, she is surprised to find Samantha, Charlotte, and Miranda. They're all there! After her call to Samantha, the trio realised Carrie needed them and dropped everything to come help her because that's exactly what they do. Mm -hmm. The four dine at a fancy restaurant and Carrie tells them about encountering Aiden and his advice to her. They debate about Carrie's relationship issues, with Charlotte saying she doesn't understand what Carrie's problem is. God damn it. <laughs> Samantha siding with Carrie and Miranda advocating for compromise. Do they look over at someone eating and think, how do these Italians eat? <laughs> I guess that... Oh. They use a fork and they, they twirl up the spaghetti. Oh, okay. That's dedication to pasta. <laughs> dedication right to pasta. Carrie eventually admits that she spent 10 years chasing the fantasy of the perfect relationship and five more chasing the fantasy of life with Mr. Big and reality will never match up to the ideas she has in her head. Jack Martin and I are nodding, nodding so yeah. like, vigorously. Like, vigorously yes. nodding in the corner. Yes, this is good. This is good. Fucking hell. And the thing is, it's not outside the wheelhouse of what Sex and City usually would talk about. These are the mm. epiphanies they would probably have it's just that for some reason the films didn't do it. So, mm -hmm. yeah, good work. As the night continues, they change venues to various bars and clubs. The women share more about their problems. Charlotte and Miranda have an honest conversation about motherhood. One of a few good drink, bits. Drink, drink. Yep, yep. yep. Where Charlotte talks about how she is feeling like a failure for needing help and time off. Miranda talks about feeling torn between work and family and that she's thinking of leaving her prestigious position at her law firm to help Steve and the rest of her community fight back against the developers. It's nice. Samantha admits that while she loves her jet-setting life, she misses New York and is feeling burnt out, but then trails off when she sees a hot Italian man staring at her, 
and excuses herself to go have sex with him in the club bathroom. <laughs> oh, Samantha. <laughs> when in Rome. <laughs> when in Rome is definitely a sentence that Samantha says yeah. that's oddly sexually charged. Yeah. When in Rome, Coliseum my Parthenon. <laughs> wow. What? <laughs> wow. Upon returning, she declares, that's what it's about, ladies. You need to carve out a little me time wherever you can. She wipes jizz from her. <laughs> <laughs> just, just all down a dress, just covered in <laughs> filth. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> a very fancy napkin. That's what it's all about, ladies. Being unable to walk because I keep <laughs> slipping on the floor because of my own juices <laughs> tripping me up. <laughs> Swimming in human juices. These heels weren't made for slip surfaces. <laughs> it's like, what? I've got cum everywhere. <laughs> Extra grip to counteract carbonara. It's like, what? I may be going out of my mind. Yes, you are. As the night draws to a close, Aldo takes the women to a small bar and they, um, Quattere Coppa de? Coppa de? Sure. It's a, it's a, Little tucked away bit in Rome that's very pretty. The Quattiere Coppere. Oh, sorry, Italian listeners. Quattiere Coppere. <laughs> if it's pronounced by John Tatori, he's probably didn't say that. That's fair. And they toast their friendship. I am also very sorry to Italian speakers. And also, see me after school if you want to fight about it. <laughs> he's, been, he's been in a lot of fights, ladies and gentlemen. Been in a lot of fights. I fought a few times. The next day, weighed down with shopping bags from trips to Rome's boutiques, the four women head to the airport and return to New York. Big surprises Carrie by meeting her at the airport, apologising for failing to make enough effort and trying to force her into a life that she doesn't want. Trying to force her life to end, right, Tim? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. She also apologises for freaking out and for putting extra pressure on him rather than trying to meet him halfway. Whoa, 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 whoa. They have a conversation. compromise? They don't just go, well... Looks like I was right again. Just watch TV, I guess. You can talk about this? Nope. Actual conversation between man and woman. Old ass Gen again. X young boomers thinking, I'm not talking about my problems, fuck you. <laughs> the other three return to their lives and reunite with their families. Miranda tells Steve about her idea to leave the firm and help him defend the community, which he is very enthusiastic about. Steve Having... Brady, Steve Brady, <laughs> Steve Brady! <laughs> he's, hold on, hold on. he's now Matt Damon in Team America. <laughs> Steve Brady, Steve Brady, Steve Brady, Steve Brady, 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 Steve Brady. They all high five, <laughs> and he turns the camera. That's Steve Brady. And then Magda comes out, goes Magda. Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching you, Wazowski. <laughs> I'm watching you, Steve Brady. Steve Brady. Oh, Fucking hell. Oh my God. The heat is excruciating. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. have gone a little bit out of it. Yeah. Having had some time off, Charlotte returns to her family refreshed and has an honest conversation, fuck me, Fucking hell. with Harry about needing time off occasionally. Samantha arrives back at her apartment to find, yeah, a boy is back, a visiting Smith motherfucking Jared. Smith, 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 Smitty. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying his name again. Why is everyone a Pokemon? <laughs> That's how these men are. They're literally collected. They yeah, Pokemon. Except rather than fighting, they fuck them. Of course. Played, of course, by Jason Lewis, hmm. who greets her with a, I hear you need a little me time. Oh, I could do a little you time. <laughs> <laughs> Back at their apartment, Carrie and Big sit down and start to have a proper conversation about what they want from their future. Big pulls out a gun. <laughs> <laughs> and ends it right there. <laughs> 
for the both of <laughs> The conversation fades down as Carrie's voiceover comes in, talking about how in the stories we read as children, they always reach a happy ending and then stop. But in real life, there are no endings, and you have to keep reaching for the future that you want. I really like that open ending, Tim. Yeah, that... Yeah, that's a really that's a very realistic. Actually, like you know what? There's no we don't know how this conversation is going to go, but you know what? They're having it. That's what's important. You know, we read stories as a kid and blah blah blah. Yeah. Like that's a very Harry mm. ending. Yeah. Uh, Tim, I thought it was great. I thought it felt really true to the characters. I thought it was a massive improvement. It was a course correction in the way that it actually kind of did the same yeah. thing that first and second films did, but better. Um, I think this would be one of those situations. Like the first one was a bit of a wobble. Second was a massive improvement. I think you have, however, guaranteed this to be a third film um, because they're like, this is so good, we need more of it. Um, <laughs> oh, no. And so we'll have to kill off Chris Noth then. Oh, um, what a shame. Because <laughs> they could deal with the whole, like, we've had a future. You know what I didn't plan for my future? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, like, in, in narrative terms, that makes sense. That then, works. Because you've then. had a wedding, a realistic look at a marriage, and then post-marriage. Yeah. Casino Royale, Connoisseurs, Skyfall. <laughs> Like, like wow. your first job, Deep. your middle job, and then you get like your retirement sort of thing. And just like Bond, Big is old the whole time for some reason. <laughs> old ass misogynist. He's young, ish in Casino Royale, but by the time I get around to Quantum of Solace, you're over the hill, Bond. He's like, you've been Bond for like five minutes. <laughs> you're you're over the hill, Big. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's been yeah. old since 1998. His so, first yeah. fucking scene, hey kid. He's like, mm. yeah, because I'm a fucking. 50 year old man waddling around. 50 year old man 14 years ago. You guys familiar with the theory that uh, that Big is actually the code name and uh, it's different uh, people who get given the yeah. role as oh. Carrie's love interest <laughs> each time? Well, that's, that's obviously that's not true because we go back to his ancestral home in the third movie. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And we meet Sean Connery. We go to Big Manor. <laughs> yeah. God. Big Sky Country in Montana. Yeah. I like that we have. As we said, Mafia Don, Mr. Big there, yeah. who doesn't go to Rome. <laughs> yeah. Spoken in the most Italian man and yeah. this whole thing. Fuck you, Chris Noth. You don't get a trip to Rome. He's not allowed to go back. Not not to kill Chris Noth or anything. I think it would be very funny. <laughs> 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 if that final scene, she's doing the voiceover and stuff, and just in the background, he just falls off his chair. <laughs> Oh, he's falling asleep watching TV again. <laughs> nope. John? John? Ah, well. <laughs> Sometimes books we read as kids don't end as she's like CPR. <laughs> <laughs> that would be such a fucking rug pull. Um, no, I, I think it's... That's a Jack ending, not a realistic <laughs> ending. A Matt ending is they all die in a plane crash. Um, <laughs> it was lost all along. It, it turns into a live. Yeah. They, have to eat, they have to eat Big's corpse to survive. Charlotte wasn't dead, but they decided she was the first to go. <laughs> it's like, but no one's died yet. Charlotte, you're literally... We have to kill Charlotte. We Why? have to kill Charlotte. Obviously. Your meat looks more tender, I guess. Mm. So you got to go, kid. Sorry. Anyway, um, well done, cannibalism Tim. aside, I think I, I think it's fantastic. I think it's a good pitch in the sense that it felt like the actual characters. It felt like the show. It, I could see this working as a story. There are minor bits where I'm like, because uh, it's like an ensemble. It's like, eh, it could have done more of this. But then that's always going to be the case. You're always mm. going to have uh, a thing where you have more time to develop these characters in the show. And then you get to a film, you're like, not a lot for so-and-so to do. It's like, yeah, because of this kind of film. Yeah. And the pitch we do. So I'm not going to bring that because... It feels a moot point. By by the time you reach the end of the series and they've all paired off and have partners and in some cases children 
and then you've got like nannies as well in the mix and Stanford and whatever's going on with him. Yes. Like there's a lot of Shit. moving parts to account for. So yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, Stanford's at the beginning and then and like has a little bit of character development and then like mm. shows up again and is like, yeah, I'm also thinking I'm of leaving here. leaving town and that spurs her even further into going like it sets her on a spiral but it actually yeah. feels like it has agency with it because like people do move on again yeah. classically the thing you do to to that frustrates me on tv and film is when a character turns up 10 15 years later like a fucking obi-wan for example wearing the exact same clothes we saw <laughs> them 30 years ago yeah with the same fucking friends and i'm like I don't know how old you are right now listening to this, whether you're 50, whether you're 30, whether you're 20, whatever it happens to be. Think about please, your life. Please don't be 10 and listening to this. Hey, kids. Um, we, do, we do a lot of swears. We do. But think of you... Right. Well, okay, this won't be very good for those people, but think about your life 10 years ago. 10-year-olds, you will struggle. Um, the friends you have, of course, there'll be similarities. But you do end up with this sort of pasture time. You don't look, mm. dress, act, feel the same because you've moved, your life has changed and the things around you. For Christ's sake, even in reality, we've had another couple of recessions and a pandemic and politic madness. I know that's not really a factor in this fantasy world, but lives change. You don't hang out with the same people all the time. And if you do, sometimes that becomes a story of maybe you shouldn't. Not saying, mm. you know, don't go with your friends and all that sort of stuff. The reality is people do move on. People go on different changes. They get different jobs. If you literally turn up and you're doing the exact same thing in the exact same outfit, as a, as a, as a character, something feels a little broken mm. there. And I think that's, that's the interesting thing that you can do with Carrie is because she's someone who so clearly wants to always be like 29. Perpetually 29. Successful, yeah. but like enough that she can go out to all these fancy places. and Successful not, and available. Yes. Mm. Um, and so the idea of people moving on with their lives is very difficult because she doesn't seem like she has a plan for what she wants, which is good for a story engine, but you know, it, it's, it's, it's her, you know, um, fuck, what's the term? It's like her, uh, central like wound to her character. It's oh, like, right. Yes, yes. This is the thing that you are, you are spiraling from thing to thing without really a plan in place. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the, I mean, there was a theory about happy days, which is you have to cut off at some point because no one wants to see, the Fonz being a 50-year-old man hitting on teenagers. Mm. And the Sex and City argument is, that's not the same here because we, we don't care how old Samantha and so-and-so is, we still want them to see having one-night stands. Mm. Except the audience kind of doesn't. No. You want more relatable stuff. You want the, the relationships they're in to be meaningful and complex and not mm. just like, ah, fuck it. I don't yeah. care. It's like, no. And at a certain point, it, not to be like, you can't, uh, because, and especially there's a whole double standard in society about men and women being oh, single at different yes. ages. But like, I think even for men, there is a point where if you're still just going around having one night stands, it becomes quite depressing. Um, yeah. Especially it's not like an authorio situation. It's like, Oh yeah. dude, seriously. Yeah. Especially if you're like very much chasing after that. And you know, it's, it's entirely possible for people to be single their whole lives and be very happy with that. And, Absolutely. And go from relationship to relationship or whatever or people who are asexual and have no interest in relationships yeah. or whatever. But address that as an actual story, yeah. as an actual thing, and not just like a bit part. Yeah, rather than just a character who feel... And, and people who are like that tend to have other stuff going on in their lives that what? progresses and, you know, they have other... They have friendships, they have, yes. you know, uh, family that they're, you know... Well, Jack brought up earlier, wait, so the episode one, these people don't change their jobs? 
Yeah. No. No. Uh, yeah, I think that's... The, the films do feel at certain points like they're trying to push the characters forward to like go like, okay, we had the whole series of having fun, but we ended with a, you know, we essentially ended with Carrie and Big getting together. Mm. We're now in the post happy ending. We're into the like, okay, what is married? With the, here is the marriage. And now what is married life like? Yes. And obviously, and just like that is also trying to dig into that pretty unsuccessfully. Yeah. So, yeah, essentially, I've just tried to kind of do that a bit a bit more successfully. I think so. And I think you've given it a bit without, of actual without meaning. It feeling too jarring. Mm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't feel like it betrays the series. It feels like the things have moved on in a really solid way. It's, for lack of a better word, it's grown up with the audience. It's the kind of thing you want to see moving on so that if you suddenly watch this film, you go, oh, it's like, yeah, but getting here, you get more of a reward knowing who the characters are and how they got here and so on and so forth. So yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think you've done a, a good job. I think if I'm being really flippant, mm-hmm. I think you had, uh, we've said like Jack got shit on with a lot of the fucking pictures, <laughs> this, this series. I think you had one that outwardly is like, oh God, what do you do with this? And then you look back at the rich history of the story and go, actually, you know what? There's so much you can do with mm. this. It's actually not as hard as you think. I'm not saying underwriting what you've done, Tim. I'm mm. saying of all the dead ends you could have, like, how the fuck do I do a sequel to this? It's like, yeah, it's just easy. Just do more of it. That, that's the thing is that they're all reasonably interesting characters. Even Charlotte, who's atrocious, of course. is atrocious in interesting ways. Of course. Um, it's just how much is the audience willing to move on with them and explore that and move away from what was something of the central premise of the show. Absolutely. Jack, yeah. any thoughts? It's so much better than the... <laughs> I, I, I think you taking it to Rome is such a... Oh, it sounds like an obvious choice, but they go to fucking Abu Dhabi and it is such a clean way of you avoiding all of the horrible cultural shit that happens in yeah. the second one. It sounds awful to say it because if you go to Italy and give a load of Italian stereotypes... It's like, <laughs> yeah, and that shouldn't be the case because it's still stereotypes, but it's also less oh, where we are yeah. now and where we would be then in 2012. That is way more acceptable unless they're like really, really, really thick on it, which mm. we're not going to do, obviously. Yeah. Mm. But like Islamophobia is way more of a problem than Italianophobia, Latinophobia, yeah. whatever that would be. I, yeah. I can imagine like, uh, the, this thing going it, it, I guess the similar equivalent is they go to the Vatican and Samantha tries to fuck all the priests. Yeah. And you're like, Ugh. and this is about, well, you're yeah. all fucking boys here. Or like goes, goes up and goes up to like Michelangelo's David and like cups the balls or something. That kind of like. That's pretty funny, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a column I climb. Oh, wow. Um, yes. You're uh, a, a natural Samantha, despite your results in the outtakes. I'm with... a hideous deviant. Yeah. That explains a lot. Yeah. But also, I'm a good friend. So you're the worst. Do you want me to remove your diaphragm, Jack? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You leave my diaphragm. Just reaching to chest like fucking Scorpion. <laughs> 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 the fucking Mortal Kombat Sex and City crossover. <laughs> come over here. Tim. Oh, come all Tim's over there. Law, <laughs> Tim's lore knowledge finally crosses over. Oh my God. Oh, your encyclopedic knowledge of both the Mortal Kombat and Sex in the City. Sub Zero yeah. versus Outworld. Charlotte. Yeah. Outworld. I can't freeze you. My heart is already cold. <laughs> no. Outworld. It's bleeding into Manhattan. <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> At least it's not Brooklyn. Ah. Yeah, no, I think it's a good fix. Um, solid episode. 
I think we've, I think, I, I, I could be wrong. This episode is almost three hours long. Yeah. <laughs> this might be the longest of the season so far. Good Lord. Well, it's one of the worst films we've ever talked about, and you did a good job fixing it, Tim. Yeah. Even while keeping Chris North alive. So, you know. Yeah. I didn't say Mr. Big Bear. I said Chris North. <laughs> <laughs> but if you'd like to discuss Sex and the City lore in all its gory details with one Mr. Tim Matum, or with any of us, you can tweet at us or contact us on any of the social medias. We are sequelizers on all that good stuff. If you want to chat to us on the Discord, there's very often like a post-show discussion, essentially, especially when all the bonus stuff goes up, like going through commentaries and outtakes and all that kind of stuff. That all happens on the Discord, which you can find at sequelizers.com. You can also find the shop and the archives of all of our live streams. Mm-hmm. And basically, everything that isn't directly this show, you can find at sequelizers.com. Dot com. And and a reminder, we'll, we will have a actual commentary for this episode, which will be going up um, around the time that the episode does. Mm-hmm. So if you would like even more of our thoughts in granular detail on this abomination of a, a film. A blow-by-blow blow reaction. A blow-by-blow. Blow. Yeah. There it is. And, and Jack watching it for the first time in real time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you pay attention, this is shit. <laughs> About three you're, times. You're, mi- you're missing all the terrible things that are happening. You're missing all the racism. I looked away for a second. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I blinked and it got more racist. How's that possible? Um, but yes, if you do want to, I don't know, talk about Sex and the City 2 with me for some reason, I have JLW Chambers on all the social medias. Matthew, how can people find you on the internet? Stogs, S-T-O-G-H-Z. You can go to the redrighthand.co.uk to read my reviews. You can go to cheesement.com to see things I make. You can search for Sumo Drop on the BBG Wrestling channel to hear my Sumo Wrestling podcast, which is every other month. Tim! <sighs> Tim! Wow. Just Where do you post him? your fucking dick pics? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you you can find all my sensitive and not so sensitive information oh, oh. Uh, on trivia underscore lad on Twitter. That is the best place to find me online. It's where I do the majority of my dirty, dirty business. Under cheap. <laughs> well, we'll be back next week with the season finale of season ten. Mm-hmm. Good lord, are we ready for it, boys? Yeah, I think another yeah. one that. Uh, the Discord will be very pleased that we're coming around to tackling. Yeah, I agree. And one that you guys haven't seen yet. Correct. Correct. At, at time of recording, I have not seen the season finale. But by then I will have. And yeah, uh, yeah we're looking forward to whatever Matt decides to do with yeah, it. Yeah, your final fix, the yeah. final season. It's going to be an interesting one. It's pretty big. What would say right now? I've gone we, fucking we do, weird. We do big finales. Matt does weird shit. There you go. Finale yeah. of season 10 right there, baby. Is it going to be another goddamn trilogy? <laughs> I will say this much. It's just one film. There's a big fish in it. Oh, okay. Played by Kim Cattrall. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. As I said, we'll be back next week with the season finale. But until then, have a lovely week. Thank you for listening. And go to Abu Dhabi or Rome or whatever. 